This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studio. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Around the table today, we have the cool cat, Jim Franklin. Sitting in for Mark, we have our buddy, Derek Smith. And the big man on the board, Chris Sims. Uh, I'm your host, Jay Thompson. Mark was really busy tonight. I know he had some guiding that he had done and uh, tons of flies to get out before he takes five days off for fishing. So, mm-hmm. He's been a tying machine yeah. recently. Because we all keep ordering before the beast. Yeah, I sent him a message like Monday. He's like, you got that list? I'm like, yes. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> so but I, I made it nice. No changers, no double Bufords. I was, I was kind. I asked for a double. I seen your one fly. Yeah, right. what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> I want one. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna need another one of those. Yeah. Did you see the the one that he tied for the the giveaways? Yeah, for the raffles. That's a beautiful. Ooh. Yeah. Don't want to miss that one, boys and girls. No. So we're gonna be missing a couple weeks after this show. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be back probably the I think it's the twenty second. Uh, we'll have a podcast that weekend. I believe that should be. That's that's the next time I'll be able to. Yeah, yeah. I um, was just trying to think if it was the 22nd. Got Derek to sit in. I'm, I'm happy to have Derek here. He's always... Uh, every time I ask you to sit in and help out, you always... It's always quick, good to be here, yeah. boys. Appreciate it. Quick to get here. So, um, hey, on this show, we got a big guest tonight. We're going to be talking with Russ Madden in about an hour. So... Nice. It's going to be awesome. He's, he... Well, last time he was on, it was Podcast Gold. So, you know, <laughs> some of the things he's... Like, just some... You know, the way he... He just passionate about it and you know if, if it wasn't tied with your grandpappy's last hair don't bring it right so, on looking forward to russ here uh before we get to russ we're gonna be uh we're gonna catch up with Derek. uh jim's weekend hunts uh my wiper day with ron yesterday uh then we'll get to russ uh we'll have some final beast talk and if we get that far we'll talk football shenanigans and whatever else happened so but before we get to all that who sponsors the show jim Oh, you're gonna put me on, put it on me like that? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Sims Fishing. We got Yeti built for the wild. Arex hooks. We got Cortland lines. Awesome friends of the show. We have Ryan Evans up at Queen City Guiding. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend, my friend. Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management. Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods. Our buddies over at Muskie Fool, who just took second at Treeland. I Con- saw that. Congratulations, boys. Speaking Adam of which, boy. did you see Tom's giveaways? Yeah, those were some nice rods. Those were real nice, real nice, real generous. Mm-hmm. Tom. Definitely. Uh, did you see the gap between first and second at Treelands between fish sizes? Uh, Thorn Brothers had, I think, all their fish were over forty, and they caught three of them, uh, or or very close to forty. Yeah, big. They had some good days. Yeah, they had some real good days. And as always, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance sponsors of the upcoming Beast of the East. If you haven't got your paperwork in, get it in. I got an email from Matt today. I'm not going to point any names or say anybody, but... I emailed it, actually, back <laughs> I, to I, you. Uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt said he got it. So. Yeah, I, I, re- <laughs> I re-forwarded it to him this morning after I seen your email. <laughs> so, first on the thing, uh, the uh, I felt like about a year ago... Uh, probably going to be all sentimental. Whew. <clears throat> was a real pivotal weekend for me bringing the podcast back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just want to thank you, Chris, Jim, Derek, Mark, most of all, uh, 
Thanks, man. This has been so much fun since we brought it back. And I felt like this that weekend and uh, also our buddy Queen City Guiding, you know. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> he, he was a real thorn in my side and really was, you know, <laughs> busting my balls all weekend about SPS being dead and all this stuff in it. Man, I'm glad he did. Yeah, me too. You know, it was a real kick in the ass. I, I It really helped me out to motivate myself which is tough sometimes for me because i'm an unmotivated guy <laughs> um, but you know just to get motivated and, and just bring it back and i've loved this and it's been so much fun yeah me me too and uh thanks for having me on i mean i know we talked about it at tying nights and we talked about it at the beast but really you uh you sold me on it on the like you had to really sell it but you know said hey uh are you serious about coming on I was like, absolutely let's do this let's let's bring it back and i'm i'm glad we did i really am amen your voice and your uh you like to talk uh, yes so th- that helps <laughs> you know that's how uh, we met yes exactly, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yes you're right uh you know and uh, you know mark he, he'll, he talks and he'll, he'll he'll fill in and he does say things but you know you really help me keep the conversation going and i really you've been the best co-host ever dude well thank you thank you it's been fun I feel like every weekend, and the closer and closer we get, it's like, like a brotherhood now. Like that we yeah. have, like, you know, I just, you guys are like my best buddies. You know, we constantly are talking, and yep, all of us. It's 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 been a lot of fun. I I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love talking fishing with you fellas. Me too. The, on, the only thing I wish we did more was all of us get together and fish together more. Yeah, but it's I mean it's it's hard. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to get out. You know, with three kids and. Derek's got a kid and an on-the-road career, and yeah. Jimmy's got a kid, and he just wants to start stabbing things with arrows <laughs> for the next month and a half, yeah. two months. It's it's tough. So I I think next year uh, I'm going to make it a, a point and a goal to do more of those multi-boat floats like we did for the, the stripers that one day. That was yeah, that, that, was, was, that was a lot of fun. You know, yeah, we uh, and when, with your kid getting older. And it'll be a little easier to yep. take care of, you know, you, you had your child, Bob, you know, while you were still doing the podcast. I mean, it's just happened within the last year. Yeah. Four months I mean, ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> not been so long. So having a four month old is still, uh, that's, you know, taking a lot of dedication at that point. It's still no sleep and well, it's no, hard no. to get out. My kid started sleeping through the night at two months. Oh, nice. That Good kid, for you. That kid goes to sleep at 8.30 at night, and he wakes up at 7.30 in the morning. I hope oh, you didn't awesome. just curse yourself. Nope, I say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's my other kids who are the problem. Like right? last night, Xavier came into bed with us at like 3, and I don't know what it is, uh, but he thinks he's a kickboxer while he sleeps, and he beat the shit out of my spine last night. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's worse problems to have. Sure, and like you said, you'll be. Hopefully, we can get out a little more often together. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to all being together this weekend. You know. Oh, it's gonna be uh, awesome. So, you two, you're, you're, uh, you have two of your teammates here. The only one he'll be listening tomorrow morning. I'm sure Pat Lombardo. Uh, he probably won't text us about it at all. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> I, lo- I love his Monday morning pep talks. <laughs> I always say people's names wrong. I love it. There, there's, <laughs> do it on purpose. There's just sometimes for the I'm like, he, he'll send us a text, and I'm like, dude, what time did you get up and start listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but he's got some pretty good Photoshop skills. I've been enjoying. Oh man, oh, I've been yes. enjoying that. Dude, the 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 Beavis with the uh, the Sims fishing. That's that was that was pretty good. That was oh, clutch. That's, that's wonderful, uh, and I I love it because I mean, again. I, 
kind of do look like Beavis, or like Beavis a little bit. Yeah, a little more than I, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, if I if I fluff my hair up nice and high, I, I, I could probably. I, that's what I should do for Halloween. I'll put it to you this I way. I should just go with Beavis, get an I'm, ACDC shirt. And you don't even have to fluff your hair up. Just pull your shirt up over your head. Yeah, and do the great Cornholio. Go with Cornholio. <laughs> great Cornholio. If ever there is a casting for a live movie, <laughs> we are signing you up and we're flying you wherever you got to go. There were actually a couple kids who looked a little more like Beavis and Butthead in our school. And I mean, we used to we used to definitely they got called you know he was he was Beavis for basically his whole high school career, you know, terrible terrible as kids. I wasn't allowed to watch that show. I'm sorry. The the ten minutes that my parents were home when I was home, we were expressly forbidden from watching right. Beavis and Butthead or South Park. But I mean, really, that was literally ten minutes. You know, growing up. Growing up, when when Derek and I, when all of us grew up, our parents weren't around. No, remember they had to have a commercial that said, "Do you where know are your children? Do yeah. you, <laughs> it's ten p.m. Do you know where your children are?" I was probably riding my bike somewhere. <laughs> well, to be honest, that's exactly yeah. right. Yep, we didn't have streetlights where I lived, so it was when the sun starts below the horizon, you better start home. Yeah, the same. We were on bikes, fishing everywhere. Yep. Uh, you came in at dark. It, yep, it the bite wasn't good. And if and if if you were covered in mud. You had to spray yourself off before you came with in the, the hose outside, or, or you were dead. Yeah, strip down, dead. Hose. <laughs> uh huh. Oh yeah. And we were always covered in mud, mud bogging. Well, I grew up on a farm, so I was covered in other stuff every now and then too. Oh yeah, that I was bet. even worse. Lovely, but and that hey, was out east, right? Yeah, over near Scranton. Anyhow, Pat, I'm looking forward to fishing with you for the first time. By the way, so it'll be it'll be fun, but. Yeah, I, I grew up out towards Scranton area. Um, moved out here in 2004 time frame. Okay. That was, you've heard Mark talk about, I worked for DEP with Department of Environmental Protection for a little while as a biologist. That's what, I landed that job and I moved out there straight after that. Nice. But so he has a big brain. Mm. He does. I know. Derek's very smart. <laughs> Come on now. Smartest guy now. He, he yeah, is. Same. <laughs> he, he's the scientist. We need them. Well, mm-hmm. shit. We're so, all really good at taking compliments, too, so it doesn't get Yeah, weird. I was just going to say, <laughs> now I'm flush red and nothing to say. Thank you. Appreciate that. So, Derek, you, um, I don't know. You have a couple trips probably coming up. I know you're going to be. I do. So are you going to be going to? Salmon River, yeah. hopefully the weekend after the beast. So the wife is super pissed at me right now. Uh, she's Heard. Like, she's <laughs> going to the podcast. <laughs> then you're going to the musky tournament. Then you're going to the, up, up north. I'm like. Yeah, uh, and then three weeks later, I'll be in Illinois archery hunting. So this is the time of year I'm in the doghouse. But, Jay, as I've heard you talk about numerous times, you build up all that good karma the, because you know you're going to be in the shit here, and I am I just start walking into it. Got a stack of kitchen passes at home. Uh, <laughs> That's what I try to do. Stack they seem up. to burn out fast, though. You, you think you build up yeah. a good rapport of them, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I guess I burned out in the first trip. Inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. inflation. It's, it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, heading up with Andrew, my son, as you've heard me all talk about before. Hopefully he gets his first. He's he, awesome. He's pretty excited. As a matter of fact, he's like, Dad, you owe me a trip. I'm like, I owe you a trip. Okay, how's this working? But apparently now it's an annual salmon fishing trip with him. So we'll see. Hopefully I get him up there. If I can't get him up Salmon River, I... Uh, Torgy and I have been talking, so hopefully maybe I can get him at least up to Buffalo. So some somewhere between Buffalo and and uh, Syracuse, I'll be out salmon fishing a little bit. Awesome. 
whipped up a couple of specials for Jim as well. We talked about, uh, I've heard Jim talk about those orange specials, and uh, oh, I yeah. got them a dozen and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see some pictures. I'm sure I'll lose six of these on the back of something. Mm-hmm. Easily. Hopefully in the mouth of something. Yeah, it's, it's better, but, you know, you're, you're going to hook into a soggy carpet every now and again. Yeah, that happens. I see the uh, steelhead are starting to move in. If they had some water, the creeks would be jam-packed. Yeah. yeah. They're stacked up there. I've heard the same. Yeah. Both lakes, or at least Ontario and here, are both stacked right mm-hmm. now. But no water. Yeah. Um, Ron said he, he traveled up just to kind of check out the scene. Uh, and wow. He said when you went to the mouth of the one, like the, the well-known creek. The one. <laughs> the, yeah, the oh. one. <laughs> Daisy was, chain of people. It, no, it was like like sandbarred off and shit because it was so low. There's oh. no water at all on this thing. Like it right. is low as low as low. Might be able to get out near the mouth of maybe some of the larger streams, but I don't know. I was gonna say nighttime shore fishing out there would probably be really good right now, though. Uh, that's I've been wanting to get up there to give it a try. I've just haven't had time. Yeah, I've always wanted to go up there and strip streamers. Yeah, for, for them, but I don't. So here we are. Man, even <laughs> just yeah, getting in your even if you just kept your boat just offshore and just strip streamers out there. Yeah, that'd be I'm fun. Sure, it would work out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you could you you know could cast out into them as well but i always when we were kids it was always casting out into the lake with uh like coho wobblers stuff like that spoons yep. of some sort boy did you get a screaming steelhead oh that'd be fun. Oh, it's it's it is fun it is fun out there and you're just you know they can go wherever it wants yeah but we should get water here within the next two three months maybe yeah but we had a couple big storms come through, and even after we complained about the storms that missed us last week, but not a whole lot of water from them. Really not. I mean, they got they got some in Warren, which is which is good for the Ganey and in this tournament, but not enough to really make a difference. Yeah, a bit. Well, when we got spared completely and totally of all that stuff, I mean, a little bit of mist. We didn't get anything at all. It's been uh, still been tough. Yeah, I don't. And uh, I think we're fishing into, we talked about it a little bit before, we're fishing into like a cold front coming up for yeah, the tournament. It, yeah, it looks like Friday night, Saturday morning, we've got a big drop in pressure. Good. I saw it was and, supposed to rain a little cold. bit. Yeah, that's they, they cancel that and they bring it back and it's going to rain or it's not. They don't know what's going on. Uh, we'll know when it starts raining or if it doesn't, really. <laughs> I'm excited about the temperature change. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that triggers a lot more than they did last year. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. A little, a little rain would be nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. And rain. less wind. Yeah, no wind, please. Yes, yeah, yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, last year the wind wasn't awful, but it was, it was bad Saturday, wasn't it? Wind, not not crazy windy, not well, like three years ago windy. No, that was bad. But last year we had the sun. Yeah, it was really Real hot sunny. day one, and then day yeah, two. Yeah, day was two is like overcast and a little bit rainy, misty. Yeah, there was a little bit of rain. There was a stretch there, day two, out on the mid on the big lake. Like it got really windy on that one side of the shore. That's it, what it I definitely thought. bounced us around quite a bit. Yeah, but oh, nothing yeah, like three yeah. years. Nothing like three years ago, we had to sack up against the wall just to be able to hold the boat. Yeah, three years ago, it was that was brutal. Yeah, I I wasn't fishing it, but I was on that lake that day, <laughs> which I is heard crazy. the story. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a mistake. It was way too windy. <laughs> so uh, you're going to the Salmon River, hopefully. Hopefully, 
Uh, anything else lined up? No, well, then I've got the uh, my annual trip out to Illinois, uh, so I'll be doing a little whitetail hunting there. Mm, we we try to carve off time the first or second week of November. Right now it looks to be around the 5th, but we kind of keep our schedules open for that cold front to roll in, so once that temperature really spikes hard somewhere in that first two weeks, we try to jump in the, the our trucks and take off down there because that's when the rut really goes crazy down there. Nice. So Southern Illinois... Yeah, uh, southern area down uh, around Carmi, um, Whites County. Okay. So it's they've got we're on the southern end of the Big Buck territory. Nice, good. Well, I wish you. Well, I'll see you this weekend. But yeah. I, I wish you luck. You know, in thank Illinois. you guys. If, uh, if I get one, y'all know. But <laughs> good. <laughs> Dad um, got one last year. How many? Year, how many years have you been going good out there? Good size eight point. Well, we were just figuring that out. This will be my tenth year going out there. Uh, so like I said, I'm, I'm kind of spoiled. One of my best friends lives out there. He's got 500 acres of farmland. Now 500 acre, acres equals about 30 acres of trees there. Right. So it's not, it's not the same math that we have up here. So you're, it's a different type of hunt. They're a lot spookier. You got to get in, you got to really concentrate on the wind. This is a fishing podcast, so I won't go into the archery talk too much, but the the that's day, okay. It's, Mark's it's, not here to yell at us. That's valid point. Valid point. It's true. So it's uh it's fun, you know. So here's the here's how it happened. He came up here. He used to work with me, or, and uh, he always picked on me. He's like, "Why do you hunt those puppy dogs?" I'm like, "A deer's a deer. Come on, he can't be that much bigger." He's like, "No, no, they're a lot bigger." I'm like, "Come on." He said, "Why don't you come down?" So of course I took full advantage of that invitation. And I remember that first night sitting in a tree stand and a 300-pound doe walked up on the bridge, or right on the ridge, right at sunset. I'm like, holy shit, look at the size of that deer. Looked like a cow. So we've been going back ever since. Now, the problem is it kind of has me a little jaded for hunting around here because, well, now I'm hunting puppy dogs. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> so it, it it's a little different. You do see some really big animals down there. But their their crops are way more than ours i mean their their soybeans are up to your eyeballs or over oh yeah it, you know our soybeans get to your kneecaps their so. their dirt is complete i mean it's it's totally completely different. different it's, it's completely literally black beautiful dirt yeah i mean i have what like three inches of topsoil and then it's just clay right and throughout. rocks <clears throat> yeah clay and rocks that's it so setting stands in the summer with the corn is always interesting as trying to get out around i did make it down this year and uh redid all the straps so my dad, he's getting up there. So he uh, he's gonna go. He he keeps going with me. He's going with me almost every every year for the last ten years. Awesome. Is he shooting? Is he even? Uh, is he shooting a cross? cross crossbow. He's crossbow. Okay. Uh, last year we, not that he wants to tell me the, the whole story, but uh, he overjudged and uh, thought it was about forty two. Turned out to be about fifty one. And uh, well, about four hours later, we found it. Thank God. But well, that's it, good. it was. Uh, some real hard tracking, but at the end of the day, I felt the roles reversed. So he's in the tree stand. He's like, I need to get out and go track. I'm like, sit there, wait. Yeah, he's like, right. I need to get out. I need to get out. For over an hour, I made him sit in the tree stand. And finally I got out and I said, don't go until I get there. So about an hour and a half. And he's like, he acted like he was a kid again. He's like, oh, I got to go. I got to go. And I'm like, we're going to get there. <laughs> so yeah, it's not the whole anywhere. role reversal on this one. So it was, That's it was, cool. It was awesome. How old's your dad? Dad is 72. Okay. Still, still trucking the woods, man. Still. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. My, my dad's 82. And he's 
Well, he just came back from the Cape today. He's halfway home. But he just spent the last month every day pounding the beaches. On That's the awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're keep trying to picking. we're trying to yep. plan a rooster trip. Yep. It keeps them it keeps them young. Next That's summer. the kind of stuff that'll keep you young, well, man. Yeah, I look yeah, forward absolutely. to it. We've been doing we've been even since I moved out here, he used to come out here and hunt. We went to Ohio a couple times and then we went down to Illinois. So yeah, ever since I've moved out here, we at least have a week where we get together and hunt together. And we hunt, hunt hard. Like it's not have beer, sit around eating, drinking and maybe get out to the woods. No, it's for four thirty in the morning, hunt till it's dark. So still going good. Awesome. Great. So you getting out there, have you got any nice big bucks? Have you got the ones that you've wanted? So I've gotten three decent buck, but not. So I've I, I swung and whiffed my first year. That was uh, heartbreaking. But it was one of those situations where I, uh, Cardinal Sin, number one, as an archery hunter, I was dropping down on the deer. It was close. And uh, as I came down, I didn't stop. I touched off when I was in the kill zone and my left arm kept going down instead of actually stopping and picking back up. So that arrow went straight underneath him. A little buck fever. That was awesome because that was the biggest deer I've ever seen. And <laughs> Bo almost came out of the tree on that little situation. It's probably good. First deer out there, you don't want to kill the biggest oh, thing you're ever going to kill. It was the first deer. It was the first three hours. It, 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 was, it was a perfect scenario. It walked in behind me. I rolled on it. 20 yards, full draw, walked right into my draw. But instead of stepping forward, it stepped up straight at me. So I'm now looking at its two front shoulders. And they were wide, but I debated. And you're sitting there, do I take that shot or do I wait? So I, I elected to wait because that's, that's not a great shot. Smart. Well, <laughs> so I held and held and held. And finally got behind a tree I let down. Gave me about two seconds worth of rest, and he stepped back out, and he started giving me that quarter turn, and I drew again, and as I drew, that's when I continued to drop my arm. And, you know, cold, fatigue, I can name a whole bunch of other excuses, but I messed up. That that one still haunts you. The big ones always still haunt you, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I don't care what it is, fishing, hunting, Uh, all of it, you know? They all haunt you more than the... I, I think about the fish I've lost more than I think about the ones I've actually caught. Yeah, my my big eight point that I killed, uh, I missed it the first day. Uh, I whiffed it. It was running. Uh, I whiffed, and I was, was like, I'm going to find that deer. Every day that week, I put that deer to bed. Like, I knew where it was going to bed. <laughs> That's awesome. So Friday night, I got my buddies, and I said, hey, this deer is laying here. I'm going to be here. I need you to come in at 8.03 a.m., and you to come in at 8.10, because that deer is going to want to cross the river. And it worked out perfect, uh, and it it sprinted by me again, and I got a lucky shot. I mean, this is rifle season. Let's be let's be clear on that. And uh, I go down there, and I didn't miss it the first day. I took an eighth of an inch <laughs> out of the front of its of its chest, so I overled it. Yep. Because apparently, at ten yards. You don't really need to lead a deer. Nope. <laughs> 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 well, isn't it amazing, though? Like, I can literally replay that entire deer, that entire shot oh, in yeah. my head right now just thinking about it, and that was over a decade ago, or almost yeah. a decade and ago. And it still breaks your heart. It's still time. killing me every yeah. single time I bring it up. Yeah, I get it. But seriously, you are so lucky that that wasn't your first deer out there. Like, I got a buddy that, that I work with. 
uh, his very first bonefish was a 10-pound bonefish. Wow. And he and, and yeah. I'm like... Spoiled I'm, forever. Hang and I'm up. like, you're never going to do any better than that. He's like, oh, yeah. So he went to Belize for bonefish. He came back, and he caught a bunch of two, three-pounders, and he's like, it's not the same. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> spoiled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did see a bigger one last year, but I wasn't in stand. We were, he actually came from the stand. I probably was going to be sitting that evening, but we were tracking that deer for dad. And he uh, he was walking up across the field, came out, and uh, I, it was huge. But I wasn't in the tree stand, so I saw it, but I don't consider I was like able to, to hunt that deer, but that was right. a monster. 180 class, probably easy all day. Mm-hmm. All day. <laughs> Dad, you're grounded after this. That, was, that, was, <laughs> that, that deer was huge, but they've got some big ones. It's, you know, the triangle has probably more per acre out there, but the deer where I hunt are as big as they are in that, in that region, but they just may not have the population. Right. But higher frequency than we have here. Yeah, and it, it's it's tough out there too because it's like ocean fishing, right? Like, Hunt, deer hunting here is like river fishing because they're not going to be that far away. There's not a whole lot of different areas, right? Where out in Illinois, I mean, it's the same for as far as you can see. And they travel. Yeah. And they travel a And they travel ways. a lot. And especially Splat. if they get bumped. A mature buck out there, if it gets bumped, it's not coming back for a week or two. Yeah. It's just not. It's a lot of flat land out there. It is. It is. Big. I've I've had them in stands where if they knew you were in their section of woods, they will go out and sit in the corn or in the mowed down corn about 100 yards out because they can't use rifles out there. And they'll lay down and they'll sit there and watch yeah. until you leave. We've we've seen it numerous times where the if, if you bumped them in the morning, they just will lay out in the middle of that field. They can see everything, 360 degrees. Yep. They're and perfect, be- perfectly safe. Best case scenario with a slugged rifle barrel, you're, or uh, yeah, a rifled slug barrel, you're reaching out, what, 110, 125? Well, and if you walk out into the woods to try to get a better shot or try to shoot it, it's just going to get up and run. Right. So it, it, poke and hope. <laughs> I love it, though. It is It is a fun time. I look forward to that trip every year. So, yeah, I've, i got three trips coming, so that means I'm in the doghouse. Is Andrew a hunter? He is not. I've uh, I've tried. He has some interest, but if it interferes with sleeping, nope. Uh, if it's cold, nope. So, but if it's a cold fishing trip, or we're gonna go chase salmon, or we're gonna go wherever to go fishing, up at him, fully dressed, ready to go. But boy. When it's hunting, eh, I'm good, Dad. Yeah, because hunting's work. It is right. Truth. Like the, it it's. The second you squeeze that trigger or you release that arrow, it's nothing but work. Even hours and hours and hours of work. Except that, for Jay, like, who doesn't, who, <laughs> who's not allowed to touch them. You know, carrying your gun <laughs> far into the woods and walking and mm-hmm. walking and walking and trudging up and down shit. That that gets a little old too when you're when you're. To me, it did when I was a kid. You know, weighing yeah. seventy five pounds, soaking wet, holding this big ass gun. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> 
be very, very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Get, getting just, yelled at every yeah, three minutes. Yeah. Stop moving. Yeah. Stop moving yeah. around. Quit dragging your feet. <laughs> Pick your feet up. Yeah. Are you a buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> You're making so much noise. So loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Oh, oh. Hell yeah. My dad was saying every bit of that. Or if my grandfather. I see it now. I'm the one yelling. I'm like, Pick your feet up. What are you doing? You're dragging. Come yeah. on. My dad and my brother called me Buffalo, fo- old Buffalo Foot. <laughs> I am not stealthy in the. W- I'm not stealthy anywhere, <laughs> let alone amongst the dry leaves and twigs. Yeah, just starting of hunting was just yeah. All all my dad's uncles. He had five uncles, uh, or his dad and four uncles. You know, so the, uh, they all hunted together. You know what I mean? And just started hunting with all them, their kids, and there you go. Yeah, the greatest almost thing like for, an Amish clan back then. <laughs> the greatest thing for hunting for me was when I turned sixteen, and I was allowed to be like a hundred yards away from my dad. Yes. sure. No, yes. no offense to my dad, but it took all the pressure off, and I was still because I wanted to be still. Right. It, it, I was it, still it, because I was sleeping in the bottom of the tree, <laughs> <laughs> just curled up in the fetal position. You, you brought up another good point, though, like with the relatives. You know, when I was younger, it was the group. You know, there was. 5, 10, 15, 20 of us, cousins, uncles, great uncles all together. And you go home now, or when I go home now to hunt, because the last couple of years I could have, that group isn't there. You yeah, know, same. It, it's, it's, it's a difference. So that camaraderie, like getting together with cousins and everyone having that good time is missing, or at least it is for, for me nowadays. But I don't see that much anymore. No, I do, and, and it was the same for me when I was 12, you know, when, when I was a teenager, my dad had a group of... 20 30 guys and we would we'd get out topographical maps and we'd plan these drives and, sure yeah and exactly. be re- and we'd move a hundred deer right you were the exactly. orange army easy <laughs> yes yeah uh you don't you don't see that anymore i mean you see there are still some hunting clubs out there but you still don't see those drives most of those guys are in it for themselves and now i hunt with uh, a buddy of mine from town and his two brothers and his cousin. So there's four of us and we try to do mini drives and stuff like that. And, and they work for dough, but right. it's not the same as 10 dudes tromping through the woods, pushing to five other dudes. Right. Right. I honestly, I think it, it, a lot of that really does have to do with the rise in the popularity of bow hunting in the last 10 years. I don't disagree. I mean, you got way more time, well, a lot more time to sit in the woods. You got more time to, you know, have an opportunity to take that deer. I mean, a lot of people probably tag out, whereas, you know, back in the day, gun season was, you know, that was it. Rifle and shotgun season over in Ohio. I mean, that's that's what you live for, for hunting season. It was that one week. Now they give you, a, a, what is it, two weeks now? Yeah. Well, the, the other well, thing was, yeah, two, what, two weeks of buck season and three yeah. days of dope when we were growing up. So you had three days to shoot a doe. The other yeah. thing I've noticed is the increase posted, though. You know, yeah. like there used to be, land. you know, every farmer in the area would let you hunt their property, right? You, they, they knew who you were, they knew your family, but now it's posted. Or hey, no, we're doing it, and nobody else is allowed on. We got a lease. Or we, lease. We got ten guys yeah. that yeah. lease exactly. this land. Yeah. Well, not so, only that, too. Everybody, I mean, everybody's so happy this this exactly you know, this day and age. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you fall down mm-hmm. and hit your head on a stump that's out in the middle of the woods and oh they didn't have it labeled that there was a stump there i'm suing (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you're i mean but you're right when i archery hunted it was my goal to tag out an archery season so i didn't have to do the shenanigans a rifle you just well you or you just had to walk right you were just the guy walking through the woods that was the other thing yeah your uncle still made you walk but that was (laughs) but that was great carrying a pistol and just walking through the woods exactly awesome i was a 44 mag kid myself yeah 
I have uh yeah, it was a forty it's a it's forty four mag. A Ruger huh. Ruper, Ruger Super Black Eagle. Super Blackhawk, uh, baby. Yeah, Super yeah. Blackhawk. That's yeah. what I had. And I got a cowboy rig for it, so I tie it off on my leg. It now was, you're just doing too it much. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I had the I had the chest holster. Smart. Pushing so thickens, Jim, man. Uh, I didn't get out hunting this weekend. It opened up. Archery did open up this weekend here yes. in Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, I did not get out. Uh, daughter had the cheerleading, you know, and we can't hunt on Sundays because apparently God cares about Pennsylvania deer, but not Ohio deer. So did you get out both days, Jim? I did. Um, I got out last evening after work for a little bit by myself. Um, I, in the time frame that it takes me to get home from my job. I mean, I, I didn't have the amount of time to, you know, go go get my kid, get him all, you know, sent showered up and everything, get him dressed and ready before the deer were going to start getting up and moving. So I just went by myself last night. Um, I do do have a couple really nice bucks that are coming in and out of that area. But, you know, Friday on the way home from work, you know, it's not opening day yet. You get pictures of one, you know, it's 630 in the afternoon, broad daylight, just, hey, Jim, I'm not going to see you tomorrow. And he uh, and he kept his promise. He kept his promise. Yeah, I went out yesterday. I didn't see a single deer at all last night. But um, then this morning, I went and you know picked my little man up this morning at five thirty. Got him out in the woods. We were sitting by a little after six, and um, I want to say like maybe right before seven thirty, we had three of them come in walking off of a field that came into our wood line, and I'm sitting there. I'm watching them. I'm watching them, and I'm. My kids, he's he's jacked. I told him there's a deer coming, and he's it's like he went into like full warrior mode, because I mean he got his first one last year, so he just wants to shoot the woods up right now. He's shooting a crossbow as well. Yeah, yeah. So those three deer came in. We watched them feed for like probably fifteen twenty minutes, and then they started walking off towards where we came in, so back towards where the truck was. So I'm watching them. I'm watching them, and then I watched the one lay down, and then the other one laid down, and then the big doe just kept feeding. So I looked at my kid, and I, I mean, now we're getting closer to eight o'clock. I mean, it any time that that sun starts coming up, them deer are gone. They're bedded down. So I really wasn't too worried about staying out there, you know, like that nine, ten o'clock. I mean, just hunt the morning and then move on with it. <clears throat> so I gave him the choice. I said we could sit in this tree and hope they come walking back down here, or we can get out. And we could walk up that path really slowly, and we could try to get try to get on one. Put a little stalk on, yeah. But I told him, I was like, "Here's the thing: I said if we get up there and they blow and they bust us, we're going it. home. The hunt's over." So, gave him his choice, and you know what he chose? Let's go get one. <laughs> so we hurry up, get down out of the tree, yeah. We start, you know, slow walking and everything up this path. And I mean, we only had probably maybe eighty, ninety yards to close the gap to get to these deer to where he had a, he would have had a shot. So we get all the way up there, and I'm walking, I'm walking. I can't see nothing. And then I just happen to get right over this little hump next to this other path, and I just seen a tail flick. So I hurried up and squatted down. And it's the same thing like we were just talking earlier, yelling at your kids, hey, stop moving, stop moving, stop moving, don't come here. <laughs> so I ended up grabbing my kid by the back of his pants because he was walking in front of me. And, like, I'm slowing down, and, like, I'm trying to drop elevation, and he's uh-huh. still walking. So I'm just grabbing him, jerked him to the ground real quick, and he's like, what, what? deers over there so we watched these deers sit there but we were only probably like 20 25 yards from it's just we didn't have a shot on them so at one point the one deer stood up and he he probably could have got a shot back at it but i really didn't want him taking that shot because there is a house up there and we're not that far from it i mean my crossbow will reach it 
especially with the dry, you know, ground that we have right now from having no rain. It's just going to uh-huh. skip like concrete. So we ended up trying to work around to the bottom side of us, and then the big doe, she caught a moving, and she just blew, and then they were all out of there. That's the worst sound. Yep. <laughs> you old bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But those are memories. I mean, those are cool memories. Mm. That was my first spot in stock of my kid. You know, he did well. Good. You know, all in all, I mean, other than whenever we were up close to the deer, the first 90% of the stock, he was like a ninja, man. He didn't make a peep. But it's just whenever we got up close, it's like every little stone, twigs, I mean, <laughs> everything. Might as well just threw, you know, a bunch of beer cans over in the middle of the woods. <laughs> but he had a good time, you know, slipped out after that, went and got some McDonald's. And then uh, my buddy shot a doe last night, and we went tried to help him look for it, and no moss. Mm. He says he hit it. I have uh, no bloody arrow, no blood or hair that says otherwise. <laughs> it sounds like he didn't hit it. I don't think he did either. <laughs> That's a super clean pass through. Super yeah. clean. So fast. Just cauterized the wound as soon as it went through. <laughs> Did you roll your eyes at him when you walked up? And be like, well, uh, no, because I mean, I, I you, try, you know, yeah, I try yeah. to hear everybody out. Because I mean, I've yeah. had situations, you know, where I've hit deer and I haven't found blood for fifty yards. I mean, and then mm-hmm. just yeah, out of nowhere, yeah. they open Bend up it. like you sh- you stabbed a paint can and started dragging it through yep. the woods. Yep. But the fact that there was no hair—that's a telltale sign. You got a clean mess, man. You should see, especially if you know shooting those larger expandables. I mean, you should have a dinner plate size worth of hair sitting there on the ground when it's all said and done. Even with my muzzies, there was a fair amount of hair. Mm-hmm. Always. It, but a clean arrow is a, <clears throat> that's a sure giveaway. But it's all right. It was something to keep me occupied. Yeah, on the woods. Before the beast happens. Yeah, out in the woods. And then after the beast, I can go back into the woods for a little bit, and then I'm going to take my stab going up to good old New York. Go get me some salmon and some brown trout here soon. Awesome. Whipped you up some new lethal weapons. Oh, yeah, I can't wait, man. We got to get you a flathead now, a big one. Jay, yeah, Jay yeah. stole your fish. I know he did. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, I've been wanting to get out the last two weekends. We've been trying, but super busy. Cross-country season's here, everything else. So, I mean, let's be honest with you. If Here's the thing. You can catch a magnum fish right now, but you ain't catching numbers like how we were catching them. I it's mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a slow fall bite. I mean, you're going to have one take, and it's going to be a big one. Eh, we got next year. Yeah, and what? if you're going to get your hall pass to go fishing. It's what I was just thinking about. It, it's, yeah. it's not for catfish no. right now. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze another trip in. It's probably not that. No, we're starting to plan out our Niagara trip. Yeah, uh, nice. Getting our B&B ready with all the fellas. Uh, same crew last year. Uh, and Brian got himself an electric scooter. So he's going to electric scooter his butt wherever we go. And then he's just going to rappel down the hill with us. and might have to tie him off and just... Lower him, down. Let him, lower him down around a tree or something, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to get him down there one way or the other. Need to get awesome. a Milwaukee, he he really a Milwaukee hand hoist. That's, tell him. Uh, he, yeah. I'll tell him. He's retired. Hey, go go buy one of them things. My my son, t- speaking of rappelling, my son for the first time today, uh, for years he's been afraid of it. We went to Field and Stream, or not Field and Stream, uh, Public Lands now, and they've got that big rock wall. And I'm like, is today the day, buddy? And he goes, it is, Papa. So we sign him up, paid the 10 bucks to give him 15 minutes of wall time. That kid is a spider monkey. I mean, they put him on the medium section, zoop right up. And the guy's like, do it again. Zoop right up. The guy's like, do it again. Zoop right up. He's like, do it again, but only use the yellows. Zoop. 
I'm like, sweet Christmas, where did you get this? Because it's not from me. Right? And he's like, all right, try the harder one. Zoop right up. I'm like, oh, boy. my sweet nice. Christmas. So then they put him on the far left one, which has... Uh, the inversion? Yeah, the inversion. Yeah, overhangs and stuff. He, he got up to the inversion, which I was super impressed with, and then he was hanging, couldn't get his feet up, and he yelled out, and he's like, my arms hurt! <laughs> and I'm like, all right, buddy, just kick off. So he kicked off, and he loved rappelling down, and I was... He's already on his sixth trip proud. up the wall. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah I awesome. always loved those as a kid. I always did pretty well. And he does light. And he doesn't get it yet that you don't use your arms. Like when you're going up that rock wall, use your legs. You know, steady yeah. yourself with your arms. Push yourself up with your legs. But his first time, I was I was real proud. That's so awesome. now I'm ready to throw him off the banks of Niagara <laughs> on a rope. <laughs> hey, get him down there. <laughs> it is, it's it's going to be like Hacksaw Ridge whenever you go fishing. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he can run belay for me yet. It's going to take all three yeah, of you yeah. to run belay for me. But <laughs> Chris is going to hit the ground hard. Oh, yeah. I used to be, I loved rappelling, and I used to do a lot of it. But uh, Me as well. It was a lot of fun bouldering, stuff like that. Yeah, not so much anymore. No. Probably not in the last 20 years. I did it a lot just out of high school. Yeah, that, uh, that's when know, I did it, yeah. right out of high school. Knew a girl that was in the, OR, uh, what is it? ROTC. ROTC, and she yep, was like. I a, did a lot of it in ROTC. and. Yep, she did all like the, she'd save people if they were appelling and, you know, were messed up or were, were stuck on the side of a giant cliff. Usually people she got would, their yeah. shirts caught in their fig- in their eights. Yeah, I can imagine. That's, that's usually what happened. I I remember uh, at ROTC, a girl got her shirt caught in, in her eight, and I had to go down and cut it off, and I couldn't have got down that hill fast enough <laughs> <laughs> to do so. I shot down that hill. I clipped her into me, and I'm cutting her shirt off, and I'm like, could go a little bit higher and this could be really awesome but <laughs> the things that an 18 year old man will do <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> can't blame you yeah it, yeah that was a, i i did that as a kid as well but uh you don't have to quite do that going down but it's definitely better if you're there or gonna go there or anything about it you should probably take a rope yeah. Taking a rope is a smart thing to do. It makes it a little easier. I mean, you could you could hold onto the trees, swing your way down, you know, but you could also slip, crack your head, or yeah, anything else, and then you know, hit if you hit that water, it's yeah. it's it, you're it, you know you're gone. It's, it's I a have lot of, a that's, that's a lot of water. I have a harness. I can tie a Swiss seat. Um, I'm in. That I would go the safest way I possibly could if I. If for some reason uh, I haven't saved up throughout the year to pay for a helicopter just to to rappel down into there, because you know that's only what like eighty grand. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just I'll just bounce off the trees <laughs> on my way down. But those, yeah. you ever watch those videos of dudes just taking helicopters up to the top of a mountain? They're like, we're gonna ski down. I'm like, you just paid for a helicopter to take you up to <laughs> a place to come right back down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. I don't understand a the money involved, and pr- maybe they're sponsored. The world of Red Bull. Yeah. Red Bull is definitely giving them the money to but take holy the helicopter. Crap, that would be awesome. Yeah, if I could have a helicopter take me into to fishing spots, be like you know just get just put me over the tree line, we'll rappel down, and then when I when I text you when we're done, uh, drop the Coast Guard cage down and just hoist me back up. That 
I could get. I could. I could, could be into that. Could you imagine having that kind of money just being like lowered in by a helicopter, like Uncle John's campground? That would be awesome. Like up at Elk Creek, <laughs> just everybody in the morning in the parking lot, just <laughs> like a, like Will Ferrell in that when he did the George W. Bush stand up. Oh yeah, he comes down at the, like the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm a decider. Yeah, I'm a decider. <laughs> did you see me just get? Listen here, Mister Fella, fishing in my hole. Did you see me just get out of that helicopter? Get out of my spot. Yeah, that was actually an Apache. So think twice about coming back here or not. Uh, let's get a scorched earth on them. Um, yeah. Hey, it, on that note, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to have Russ Madden. Awesome. Hey, we're back with Russ Madden, uh, fly tire, worm saver, uh, worm conservationist, as we were just saying. So, mm-hmm. uh, hey, glad to have you on, Russ. Hey, no problem, man. It's awesome. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So we want to go – we're going to go – If I mean, if no, everybody knows who you are. I mean, if not, they've been hiding under a rock for the last 20 years. Or not, you know, you have to know who Russ is. I mean, or, or they have like real jobs, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're, into, if you're into what we're into, you know, you know who you are. I mean, you're a guy who's been tying streamers for quite a while. Um, so we'll, we'll get into, before, you know, you don't have to explain who you are, we're going to get right into the King Salmon. I saw some uh, pictures and. and Derek here is all jazzed up about uh, stripping streamers for king salmon, and I want to hear about it, the flies, whatever. We'll go into all of it. Yeah, that was a nice coho the other day. Right. Yeah, that was nice. I had the guys from SA out, and you know, you know, they do enough for me and for the fishing community. So I figured I, I owe them a few days. You know, give get them, try to get them out once or twice a year. And they always do the king thing or, or the coho thing, whatever, or the salmon bit, because it's like hard and I'm not always booked and they have some time. So, or they just take their newest employee and send them in my boat. I, I always say that. <laughs> yeah. I do They're a lot really- of, I do a lot up on Ontario and Erie. So um, every time I get a coho, it breaks water like half a dozen times on me. It seems to wrap itself in, in, in line if it actually stays on. But anyhow, that's, right. that was a nice fish. Yeah, it's really a, it's a great, you know, it's really top of the mountain kind of streamer stuff. Not for angry at them. It's pretty, uh, you know, got to be something dedicated. It's, it doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen every other day. But it's the coolest thing. It's kind of like musky fishing in a lot of ways. You put in your hours. Sometimes you get a couple follows. Sometimes you get none. Sometimes you have a ton of fish follow. Sometimes you just catch one and then don't see any other ones. So it's it's a, it's very similar to that. It's very, very similar to like a musky hunt. And, you know, there's a lot of other ways to, to acquire the salmon and, and, uh, and migratory fish in general. Um, but the streamer is obviously what I like to do, and I'm not afraid to work, and nor are my customers. They like putting in the time because once you have all it takes is one. All it takes is one encounter. And you're basically your is warped. It's over. It's over for you. So is uh, you're not sight fishing for them at all. It's it's just oh, it's no. more or less blind casting. Or how's it how's that work? Goodness gracious, it's mass laceration. <laughs> it is hit the anchor, throw it in the back of the drift boat, and yes, I still use struggle sticks on those rivers with jet vessels and and all sorts of anchors and power boats and total chaos. Um, I put the anchor in that back of the boat and put my head on backwards and start sharpening that finger and telling you where to cast. And, and that's what it is. You only get one or two casts at these fish. So 
So let's say you're not sight fishing at all. I mean, the only sight you have to that fish is when it's biting at your oar blade. So I'll tell you, oh, we got the that Eric got the other day was literally 0.02 seconds away from a recast, and water literally hit the side of the boat. So it's pretty dramatic stuff. And and if you like that drama, um, it's it's really an awesome activity. But you gotta be willing to beat your head against the wall a little bit. You know, you got to put in your time. It's, it's not for people that are angry at them. If you're angry at those fish you know, that you're better off, nymphing, you know, standing up over a hole or sitting on anchor over a big pocket of them. But, you know, cause you're only getting like one out of 10 million to chase, you know? <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, it's real dramatic. It's a, it's a, it's not easy. It's actually the hardest streamer fishing that I've ever done and ever guided and and by far it, it makes musky fishing seem pretty easy well that's saying something right there what yeah can i it's, ask it's, what what is like a typical setup for that like are you running um, sink line what grain what like really, really what you know that's a great question i mean for the any of the migratory fish because it is such like a low production high casting situation um basically you want to go with like if you can comfortably cast a good nine weight, whatever the brand is. I use Scott's, um, like the Scott sectors, like for my customers, um, some of the echoes, you know, whatever, whatever rod it is that you feel comfortable with. I personally use glass, but like my customers, I, I use all graphite with, and I use a Scott sector nine weight. Um, the two piece was really a nice rod for that. And in the 300, 325, 350 grain, whatever you feel like that's going to be, you can do that all day long because that's what you're going to have to do. You have to cast that all day long. So it's really about and, you know, the SA Cold 25 is what I call it. I shortened up the the sonar, all that other uh, names to it, but Cold 25. And that's the easiest one for dudes to just mass lacerate. Um, Another line, another rig that I'll always have is uh, the three, five, seven lines in a nine way. And that gives you a little bit different presentation. It kind of holds it a little longer. Um, since we've had some pretty warm falls, our water isn't that high. So, you know, sometimes we'll go with a little bit lighter selection, the hair flies or, you know, some of the swim fly stuff, but mainly uh, the most effective flies have actual, some form of lead or dumbbell eyes on them. Um, it, it kind of cuts through the column a little bit and that's kind of what you're looking for. A lot of flash flies, um, pretty bright stuff, but the only time of year, even though the water is gin, gin clear, these fish don't have digestive organs. So it's not like they're eating cause they're hungry. That's what makes them so tough. So you kind of run some bright offerings, you know, fire tiger combinations and, you know, that seems to be a real good color overall pearls, olives and whites, but something pretty bright, you know, a lot of flash, a lot of flash, a lot of contrast, a lot of flash, a lot of contrast, a lot of casting. And a that, lot of run- they're that spooky. Are you running longer leader lengths than? Or, or no, we're not running necessarily longer. I'm going like 25 pound to the fly. Um, got bit off several times last year. Running <laughs> year. It hasn't been as big of a problem, just like a six foot, standard you know you can do like 30 25 or i'll do you know 40 35 25 
and the three stepper about seven foot long little bit longer than average but like nothing real obscenely long like we, i would run that same type of length on you know big tail waters down in like arkansas or other places yeah it's, it's seven foot of 25 i love that 357 line that's like I'm a big I'm a big Cortland fan, but I like SA a lot too. But my favorite SA line is that uh, three five seven. I've got it. It's not to like that one. It's hard being a streamer guy. Hard not to like that one. And and the nice part of those lines are, and I'll kind of go into like my brief little spiel about the lines because there it's not just like a one line is a streamer line anymore. <laughs> There's like all of them are good and all of them have their purpose. Sometimes even, you know, if you were in Arkansas and the water starts dropping out on you, you go from one line to another, to another, you might need three lines in a given day. You could have the same fly, but you might use three lines. So, you know, the I series is really, really nice. And I like the way they've done like the, the three, five, seven, the I three, five. That's a good one. Um, I use, I use a lot of those and I even use the tip line. So I use the Titan tips in certain places like upriver, uh, use the type six and the type three, but that's another, you know, another big advantage to having the availability that we didn't have 20 years ago. I'll tell you that right now, uh, is the diversity in the lines and companies, et cetera, et cetera. But you can actually fish a line with the fly and make it even a more deadly combination. And that's kind of where you have to be when you're doing that migratory stuff. You got to take every advantage you can because they don't really like the fight. Right. That's and when, I, when any new, uh, new person to the sport comes to me and they're like, Hey, I've got X to spend. I tell them first thing earmark a hundred dollars for a good line. Oh yeah. That yeah. can make a, that can make a hundred dollar rod a tent, uh, ten thousand dollar rod you absolutely know? amen you can cast a broomstick with a good line yeah absolutely so or, or you don't even need a rod to cast a good line you know so yeah. that's it's an invaluable thing and an overlooked thing too another thing that i try to recommend to folks is just practice crying oh, out amen you know guys go on these deer hunts or ellie was always big into that he would always say you know these guys go on their elk hunt out and you know, Montana, and they don't walk around with a bag of rocks for a week, you know, and then they're hoofing and poofing up the hill. The same thing, book a guide trip, you know, cast the kind of gear you're going to be running. It, it really just saves a lot of heartache, you know, so a little bit of practice to go to a local shop, give the guy 50 bucks, hone in on some casting. I, I think it's a huge asset, no matter where you are in the country, especially when it comes to you know, pretty difficult streamer fishing. Yeah. When you're, when you're, when you're lacerating, like you say all day, uh, if you're not used to that or in shape for that, you're going to, at the end of the day, you're going to miss a lot of really good holes because right. you pooped. Right. You're pooped or, you know, another thing you force your cast, the fly gets tangled. You start untangling your fly. You know, my old famous line is, Oh, you want to see that spot better book another day. <laughs> what you want to do is be untangling some kind of science project that you tried to tie. You know, you know you're missing a hundred yards of river. I mean, you'll just see that. That you know, one of my good buddies, Alex. You know, he 
you start going down those rivers in, in Arkansas and there's five dudes behind you doing the same exact attempting the same exact thing you are. And you're all fishing the same active fish. It's not like there's 20 million that are going to bite in any given day. It's like 20 in this area. So the more time, the less time you spend on doing knots and science experiments and cats cradles and Rubik's cubes or whatever else you call it, <laughs> the better off you are. So a little bit of practice goes a long way. And you're right. If you're not used to lacerating, get yourself used to lacerating because it's, it's really not for everybody. It's a hell of a lot easier to flop an indicator over the side of the boat and row after it. But, you know, of course, I don't like that. I'd rather, <laughs> make, you know, I'd rather make something difficult, like trying to catch a salmon on a streamer, you know, to, to the point where you might catch eight a year, you know? So it's not like an everyday thing, but it's definitely, you know, there's a lot. Cohos are a little more aggressive than the kings, I'll say that. So you can get quite a few cohos in a season, but the kings are really, really tough, like really tough. Hardest fish I've ever fished for. And part of that's just because they don't really have a digestive tract functioning when they move into that river. Yeah, they have little, so no interest to eat, right? I mean, right. The so, day. if you, you know, even muskies have a digestive tract, they might look at you and give you the Heisman as your flies going by, but they're, <laughs> you know, at least they have some form of desire to eat still. Yeah. I mean, for the kings, you, you're pretty much trying to piss them off with the streamer, right? Right. Yeah. And, and you got to fish over a lot. So, it's, you yeah. know, you see a lot of fish, you see a lot of bait guys hooking fish all around you see a lot of orange things floating down the river with chunks of stain on it. <laughs> it's like frustrating, but you know, and they'll just kind of the good bait dudes on the river. I kind of get to know them and they'll be like, Oh, I fish in trichos again, you know, cause we're just lacerating <laughs> flies, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a really, really cool deal. It's not for everybody, but it's awesome. And, and the same goes for steelhead, except you hook a few more steelhead in a given year than you do kings. Right. All oh, them kings are, they're, you know, quite sized a lot of times. Oh, yeah. You know, you're getting into 24, 25, maybe even 30 pound fish. That's a powerhouse. Yeah. And they pull like really, really hard. So, you know, yeah, to say that I haven't lost a few fly lines doing that, I'd be lying, you know, because, you know, those takes both side when they take from there and go all the way to the other side and do a triple gainer behind a log pile, your, your lines. <laughs> are... Yep. So it's, it's actually pretty dramatic. So I was going to say, uh, you know, what is like this, once you do get them to bite, uh, if you do, what is the success rate uh, when you do get them hooked? And you were just explaining some of the fights and, you know, how, man, that's got to be, be, again, just pulling like a freight train. Oh, it's, it's, it's top of the mountain stuff. It's top of the mountain stuff. It's, you know, the success rate is like, oh, if you see one, you did pretty good. You got to bite by one, oh, you're next level. You land one, oh, you might be one out of eight a year. You know, oh, and there's wow. a lot of day they fish the streamer, but no, if you're on anchor and you're swinging and you're doing other methods like that, that's not streamer fishing the way we're doing it. You know, we're going, we only get one cast at that whole herd of a hundred, you know, there's one cast in that hole, maybe two or three. So to get those fish to commit out of there and come up to eat a piece of chicken, it's, it's, it's it's dramatic it's really really dramatic even seeing a few in a day you'll probably never have more fun not landing one than going streamer fishing for kings if you see a dozen of them coming by very very cool now absolutely now do you very guys uh 
do you catch the majority of them like on top like whenever you're retrieving it back to the boat like that or do you have a larger number of your fish that you catch throughout the year like lower in the water column like kind of pinning closer towards the bottom you know it's it's a lot of times the the areas that aren't totally uh evaporated with angling pressure are the spots that are real ugly for like guys with with bobbers and skein or guys throwing crankbaits so it's typically like a really ugly section where there's like wood um like where your bass would sit in the summer i guess i would say so you you have like areas that are kind of left alone and that seems to be a pretty good trend in that thing the less pressure on a particular beast a particular amount of them seems seems to be the key to get them to bite you know your areas that are might be worse but that's where they're a little bit more happy do you know uh, do you notice a difference between like a fresh fish versus a aged fish that's been there a zombie yeah you know it's not necessarily it's always the ones that have been there like the first ones to show up are tough because the water temperature is not conducive. Like you can catch them on skeins and you can try to play mouth hockey and get a <laughs> nymphus somewhere in a 10 point region of the fish's head. But like, you know, it seems to be when they get bronzed up a little bit, when that water temperature gets out of that 65, when that water temperature gets out of that 65 and into that 62, 61, they'll actually start chasing a little better. And when it gets down to that, like right at that 59, then it's like really good for them about like, as soon as they start hitting that rock, you're kind of screwed. So it's, you're trying to intercept that those fish before they hit the rock, before they start actively spawning. So I try to stay pretty far down river when I'm doing it. So I'm always getting that, chance of fresh fish and like the reduced water temperatures is what i look for because there are fish that show up in 71 degree water and it seems like oh yeah they're here let's go fish them Uh, you can beat your head against the wall doing that um it's usually a little better because the crankbait isn't the same as a fly there's no vibration there's no you know like that last full moon we just had brought in like the rest of our salmon so now it's kind of like ah well they're all on the rock they're all in Last week was pretty potent. I'll have to, if I'm catching fish now, it's going to be a coho um, because there's going to be a lot of effluence right now. And that's, that's always a tough time to do the migratory bit, you know, when all the fish start spawning and it's, you know, hundreds of thousands of eggs going down the river, game fish, your, your steelhead and your brown trout are like pretty much on the egg nipple. And it's, it's a tough time to be a streamer guy in the migratory water, you know, about, October 20th, 25th, um, some of this, you'll start seeing the, the number of salmon decrease every day exponentially, and then you can start fishing some steelhead um, that won't be necessarily on the eggs. You can get them on the streamer again. That's kind of a super fun thing to do. The fall steelhead in those 48, 52, 57 degrees, somewhere from 57 to 48 degrees is like barn burner cool. I mean, they're just so angry. So I, I'll do that as soon as I can. Uh, so are you not water dependent? Is that what I'm hearing? Like, did you, have you had a lot of rain lately or are they, are your rivers yeah, up and off? Rain. I'm just going by straight temperature. That's, that's you know? what I'm hearing. And 
Yeah. So it, it, if I'm going to pick a time to do that, I'm really playing more temperature. I'll always pick a moon too. But if you have like your nighttime lows for a week, if they get into that fifties, a few days and you get up in the morning and there's that steam coming off the river or at cool, you know, that that sucker's dropping, you know, it's at least dropped in the morning. So the mornings and evenings are going to be better. So the low light, not necessarily because it's clear because this or that, or the other thing I more temperature driven because anything in that that hot water just kills you it's so hard to get them on the streamer it's just nothing but frustrating so how long is your king season it sounds like it's like two weeks tops really about two weeks of real good like streamer fishing oh king salmon lasts forever once you you know people sit there on the gravel nest while they're doing the old marty stauffer bit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i i don't i can't i mean i just can't i can't bring myself to do i used to when i was a kid we all had to eat right oh but yeah sure. and we, we all did we all did fishing that we regret having done right. as a kid oh, you know dub, dub, right. dig, growing up I mean, a lot of times when you were younger that's i mean i did the same thing you know right. and yeah. there's you know, it's still a great way to put a smile on that guy from Illinois space. <laughs> uh, sitting there on that gravel nest, looking at those gym tops out there on a gravel bed, you know, but it's, it, you know, however, it's, however you get people into the sport, it's still a stepping stone. So I'm not going to go knocking on that. I just think it's, it's not what I'm doing. Um, I just go elsewhere, you know, I, I usually head up river when they start spawning heavy and then I get to fish a pre-spawn bite up in, you know, in the upper water that's open. And then as soon as late October hits, I'll go back down and do the, the migratory thing again for steelhead. And that kind of lasts until you start casting every five times with ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That- um, so, you know, the, your flies are there. Those guys are all using treble hooks usually up top there when they're trying to, you know, rip it through those fish. Um, but are you using any treble hooks on your salmon flies, or is that all just oh, two single hooks? I mean, as a matter of fact, certain water, yeah. You know, Senyo has a really cool new shank out, and uh, it has, it's from, like, Aqua Flies. It has a loop in the middle of it, and it's, like, really cool to set up a, a couple of split rings on. So I will do it. That's my only fly that I use a treble on is one with a pancarini dragon tail. Because the kings like that fly, they really do. This year it didn't work so good, but in the years past it has. So, you know, I guess every year's a little different. I mean, this year I got a more on the jig type fly than I did on the pancarinis. But yeah, I will put put a trebles in the middle. Yeah, for sure, especially on those new shanks. Yep the the uh, the gliders I tied for. I only tied a couple. Let's be realistic. <laughs> but the gliders I tied for muskie had uh, a bend in the middle that I could put a split ring on, and right. I did, I didn't hang a treble off of it. I, I hung a usually a big water off of it. The uh, Arex big water six aught. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I have one of the, I have a couple of those, but I tied some salmon stuff on actually. Yeah, on but the two. Uh, but those are th- those are sweet. Those shanks where you can. You can change hooks out. I know some of the guys in Wisconsin are are big on treble hooks. They they love them for musky. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't bring myself to do it because I've pulled one hook out of my neck before. I don't want to try to pull two or three. 
definitely, you know, when you hear that pankerini come whipping past your ear, <laughs> when you know there's a treble on there and it's not you casting it, oh, you know, man. you get that. There's yeah. that moment of paranoia. Yeah, as I, a, I guess as a, I would say, you have to just trust your guy, you know. And, and fortunately enough, of my customers, I fished them long enough that, you know, they're actually I consider them my family. So if they'd hook me, they'd gladly drive me to the. <laughs> You know, yeah, I was gonna but say yeah. that's a bold move for a guide. Treble, right. oh, treble yeah. hooks <laughs> with a paccarini tail. Not afraid at all. I'll even have the guy in the back whipping it sometimes, and we end up burning it because they do like the fast retrieve on that. This year, like I said, this year did not get any on the paccarini. Years past, I've caught, you know, kind of saved my season a few years. Hmm. So I was surprised that this year I didn't get any on it. You know, so. Whatever. Got to have a lot of different tools. That's it. The- I, I love that Paccarini tail, but there are some days where we can't move a muskie with a tail, and there I are know. days that we can only move muskies with a, with a Paccarini tail, that, that XL dragon tail. Love right. that. It's absolutely a killer. I mean, I, I'll never not have one, but this year it didn't seem to work for me. This, the standard you know jig flies for whatever reason, and that was mainly... You know, maybe our water was a little lower. Maybe it stayed hotter than normal because it's been, you know, so dang hot around here. So I kind of dealt with kind of mid-range in terms of adverse water conditions. Like it stayed in that 60s for a while. And maybe that was part of it, you know. So the fish fish all came in on the moon, which was really late this year. You know, the majority of them. And and that makes sense, you know. I have I have seen the Pacarini work less when the water is nice and clear and when the water is still warm. They want that right. natural movement of a of an actual feather ha- right. hanging off the back. You know that's that's what I found this year, and, and you know just in terms of going out and, and probably doing like fifteen days of it during the good time frame. I mean, the last time I went out, I kind of was bummed because I figured it was over a lot of the good fish have passed so i'll have to try to hit it you know after the i definitely want to stay away from those places on weekends because it's like you know the red ball blimp is what i'd call it (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean bush light blimp the pitchforks and nine irons the you know whatever i like that bush light blimp that's a good one that's good uh hey one other question we had uh one of our friends and listeners uh throw out some questions to us uh and uh you got hinted a little bit but like what size are you flies are you using for the salmon before we move on to some of the other fishing you've been doing yeah right um i've been running a lot this year i've been running the sa 280 um in a one-out and a size two i've been doing a tandem fly with those um and I, I like the SA-280s on the regular graphite stuff because they just don't move. And, you know, some of the – they're pretty bony heads, and I want that extra hook for that. So I use the, the A-Rex SA-280s, 2-aught, 1-aught, 1-aught 2s. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll try to put a few extra spacer beads on – on my flies when the shorter shank hooks like that because it'll kick it back that back hook a little bit seems to be a real important one for like the salmon i have a tendency they have a tendency to nip, believe it or not um even though they're great big fish 
two puffs of a tail take them you know 100 feet across a river they have a tendency to get hooked by that back hook just barely nip it or eat it so fast with so much momentum that that's the only one that sticks in them because everybody's too slow to get them um so it's i use those hooks basically the 280s sa 280s and it's just i have (laughs) i have an unrelated question what makes you personally drawn towards glass rods my thumb i got like a really 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 bad thumb and like probably nine years ago i had one of those moments where you're like oh it's gone you know i was winching a boat on and i just heard this little noise and it was after i'd been fishing cohos out in lake michigan for like five days straight and i heard this little noise and it's never, you know, just it was that was like the one little piece of cartilage holding the whole thing together. So with the glass rod, I kind of kept me in the game a lot because I don't use my thumb and I try not to use my pointer either. So I can just kind of grab it like a hammer and go with the <laughs> time. You know, so it's just timing. It's like Chevy chasing the Caddyshack, you know, no, 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 Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> so once you figure it out, you know, even though it's 10 times harder to get the thing to eat that thing, man, you will go through so much heartbreak and so much loss initially when doing that, when going straight to glass, like doing really hard stuff with glass. That's, um, it, it's, there's a curve to it. There is a big curve to it because all those little bites that you get kind of within that 10 feet from your boat and you see the fish grab it and you use your graphite rod to set your hook and you still get them. Yeah, those none of the that'll never work with a glass rod. You just don't get them. You know, you just screw up. Got to be like really on your game. It does add a lot of difficulty to the streamer, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. But given that you have an actual medical reason for it, yeah, that's that's basically what it is. That and I I think actually I actually like it, and I really like showing up at Willen at Willens with like (laughs) glass rods. And I just see his face like, what are you doing with <laughs> Well, that's a perfect segue into what I want to pretty much we want to get into next is, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your trip up there to fish for some muskie. That's, you know, most of us fish for muskie uh, quite a bit in the fall time and a lot of the guys as much as they possibly can. So, right. Uh, no, I, I actually really, really like that. And why it's, you know, for me, it just reminds me of the king and I like to do those like next level streamer stuff really right so the harder it is you know the more i i like it because i don't have you know my rivers don't have muskies just swimming all over the place there's a couple lakes up here but they're like hard knocks even with lures but they're giant oh they're giant um so i you know i I love the muskie i love the the mentality of it and like there's no one that i would drive that 10 hours to go see other than willing up there Cause he's like such a good, dude. and I was like really impressed, like being, you know, a guy and obviously in that loop of, of guys that fish, you know, quite a bit with, in that knowing, you know, and you know, you always hear the chatter over this or that or the other thing. Chris Willen is, is no doubt the real deal. It, it, it was really a pleasure to fish with him up there in his backyard. Can you, do it can you take the ferry over to see him? Well, here's what, of course, the week, the day before, (laughs) week before, the ferry died. 
fell off the thing or whatever happened, terrible flood, locust, fire. So I'm hoofing it through the UP. So, you know, I did have the ferry. Yes, I was smooth sailing on the cruiser of the Badger out of Ludington. (laughs) No, we had to, you know, drive up there. My girlfriend, Brooke, and I drove up there and had to stay there. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, it's, it's a schlep over there but it's a pretty got, schlep yeah oh, it's at great. least it's a pretty schlep it's great you know you, you only dodge deer for a few hours straight there you know white knuckle it for a, a few centimeters there for four or five hours actually but it was it's it was great it was great it knows the river really well i was really really impressed like really impressed looking forward to going back again actually got a couple on the glass pole you know, despite the, <laughs> you know, that, so that was fun too, you know, so running in a, le- if anybody was curious, I was running in a, an 11 weight blue halo uh, and I had the 12 weight North floor composites. I brought them both. So I was running those rods for it and they handled all of the flies that I was throwing there. Just what? fine. What? I mean, cast across the river and did the whole bit. What were you What were you throwing? I the majority of the time I know it. Well, I say for well, Brooke had the hot fly on. He had she had the Eli, you know, fly on there. Which one's that? The, the a peanut butter colored one up there that was really good. I think she was running the original swine, and I had uh, I was running the double nickel. You know, some of Willen's flies, and we were just trying to keep up with with the brook up there because i was in the back for a few days and uh yeah it, it moved fish we caught I caught fish on it so got no complaint even got to stop off and see the giant muskie over there and the hayward oh the the oh, stop had, had to do the tourista <laughs> did you yeah. get a picture with it i got a picture with it and i got my rubber tomahawk and my chunk of fudge <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a great trip, man. That dude knows that water. I'd highly recommend it. It was very, very cool. Very, very cool. And it was nice to fish a river because I'd never really fished a river for the muskies before. I've always been like in, you know, big water. So it was like a totally different experience, one that I was very familiar with because I, you know, lacerate a lot of rivers around here. Yeah, that so, that's my preferred way to fish for muskies, rivers all right. day long yeah i was actually really impressed and would totally go to another river you know and do that again but i'm definitely going back next year to fish with willie that was it was a great trip well if you, ever, if you ever make your way over here we've got a bunch of rivers that are partially full of musky <laughs> well i mean i you know partially's fine i'm not afraid to put in the hours you know i'm not that angry at them i just like <laughs> You know, if you're if you're a streamer dreamer, you're not really that angry at him usually. Usually, past that stuff. Yeah, you can't be. <laughs> you know, you can't be too. You know, I don't even grab the remotivator anymore. Don't use the spin pole. What I call the remotivator. The remotive, so you can catch yeah. some fish, get some motivation again. Yeah, right. The remotivator. The only thing I'll use a spin pole for is fall walleye, because. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good. A man's got to eat. Right. That's a good one to use the, the pole for. That's it. Well, 
But you use, I, I mean, you use a tip-up setup all winter, don't you? That's got a spin I, reel on it. Well, I'm, a, I'm a jigger. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> e angler of the ice. I drill many, many holes. My bat, my drill battery's dead every single time. You know, I'll set up the coop for the brook to go sit in. But I'm, I'm a rambler. I'm, I'm a, I'm a driller. <laughs> now, do you, you know? do you use sonar and stuff like that when you're? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Many multitudes of sonar. Me, I like the back. <laughs> Oh yeah, Bexlar's. It's a, that's like a I've, that's like a little video game down there. Oh, it is. It's it's so great. It's electronic warfare at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked a little off air. That's not uh, like I said. I'm six four. I just hit three hundred pounds uh, on the way down. By the way, not not on the way up. <laughs> uh, so I don't do ice. I just I just don't trust it. Uh, I'd rather carry five gallon buckets of sap through the woods oh yeah there you that go. time of year uh and right. and i'm guaranteed to make syrup that way i'm not guaranteed to do anything but possibly die ice fishing <laughs> well up, up there i mean i'd imagine you know where you live is quite north of here and your ice is probably a lot safer a lot quicker to be safer you know some years we don't even get ice so i don't blame right. you for that chris but i mean if you're up there i mean you, people are driving uh, their dodges onto the ice i don't care if there's a train going across the ice <laughs> there's no fucking way i'm getting onto the ice and <laughs> <laughs> <That> float <laughs> plus like i said earlier you know you're the catalyst you get, you can make it out there everybody else can follow you <laughs> yeah i am i am the leader of the damned if you will <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's it's I, I do I, I do like the ice and I do like the you know I like hard streamer fishing so that musky thing is right up the alley you know I, I'm never one to you know complain about oh I didn't see any today you yeah, know oh yeah. you better ask just cast better then I should yeah. cast mm-hmm. better if I had to cast a little better I might have saw them. I've I've yeah. only had one of those days in my life of musky fishing and that was the uh, couple years ago at the Beast. Uh, Rick caught a 41 inch Mark moved like three or four fish. I didn't move a fish or see a fish. And it's the end of the day of the second day. And I'm casting like a madman up there. And I'm like, why the fuck do I do this? <laughs> like I could be doing literally anything else. I could be hammered drunk. I could be out trolling for ladies. I'm not around my wife. It won't work. I'm not an attractive six foot four, 300 pound man, <laughs> but I could be doing anything else. Why am I doing this? And then like it hit, it just passed. Because I was like, you know what? I'm going to be okay. Because <laughs> doggone it, people like me. <laughs> You're just fine. You'll be stronger the next time. That's right. And uh, then I got skunked for the next year. So that was great. But Sometimes It's the guy who goes the next year after you get skunked for a year. That's, the, that's who you give credit to. That's it. So... Russ, what do your summers look like? So winters are steelhead, coho, salmon, ice fishing. What do your summers look like? Well, I mean, you know, I usually, I fire back up my guide season when it's with like last ice because I'm such a diehard. So, I, you know, I do a lot of the trout stuff and I'll go through the basic trout thing. I'll do, you know, start off my streamer season when it's early and when there's some water there and then the first few hatches come around and, you know, I'll still fish the streamer and I'll dream as hard as I can with the streamer until I start seeing 
you know, certain types of dry flies. And then I'm like, well, it's time to tell the outlaw Josie Wales the war is over. You know, then you put your streamer right away and you grab the dry pole and you do that, you know, until you have to, until you're done, you know, until salmon season, basically. Um, you can do a little bit of night stuff. I don't as much anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, nighttime has been a big deal for me for years and years and years. So I do all that nighttime mouse crap. Um, do all the hat stuff. I love doing the hat stuff. Love it. It's actually like a really cool time of year. Um, I like being out there when there's not as many people, you know, so it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a great, I do that whole bit. I do a lot of bass fishing in the, in the summer. Um, do a little bit of lake stuff early season too. try to get out on the great lakes and get some small mouse had some pretty good success here with Alex and Eric Grayeski and a few, you know, I like to fish with guys that like the bass too. And that like the big lake. So I do that stuff too. play around on the lake that late April. Um, then I do a lot of hatch fishing, a lot of hatch, a lot of, uh, you know, big mayfly stuff. The hexes, brown drakes, isonychias, um, well, that's, like do the that, night stuff. That's funny because before we came, before we called you, Jay was telling me how you're a really, really big Euro nymper. Yeah, uh huh. That's that's me all the time. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I love using a in pole in a bobber. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's a Euro dry fly. Yeah, no. that's I I think I if you've listened to any one of our podcasts, we are we're with you on the on the status of Euro nymphing. Oh no, I I'm a I'm a streamer dream. I don't do any kind of the nymph the indivator nonsense and you know, I mean Yeah, I, we're, I don't we're the I don't same. like to talk on too many methods or whatever because everybody's in you know you know, it helps a lot to get the foot in the door. And to, you know, you got to start somewhere. And I was just as angry as the guy sitting in a high rise apartment back in the day. Even though I lived in the backyard of the great trout rivers in Michigan, you know, I was still angry. at him. I did the old nymphing bit for years, just grew out of it. Yeah. We, grew out, I, grew I mean, that's how me. I was too. You know, yeah, I mean, we've I all grew done up, it. Yeah. Steel heading a lot under an indicator, um, you know, I'd, I'd just as well spend my time where maybe fishing for a trout, brown trout, or fishing for muskie that time of year, throwing a streamer. Uh, getting into the brown trout a little more, you were going into it. Um, do you notice that your flies, you know, different flies just go from, hey, it's a, it's a brown trout fly, it's a salmon fly, it's a smallmouth fly, fish for the, you know, multiple fish for, with the same types of flies? You can. I mean, I, a lot of overlap. I mean, I guess I would say there's more correlation to like the brown trout fly in, you know, cause we have a pretty long river. So you could have rivers that have migratory fish and rivers that don't, and then rivers that have both, um, you know, pure Marquette has both migratory and resident fish. Um, the place that, you know, where I guide up on the upper Manistee, no salmon lurk no steelhead lurk so it's all brown trout but i do find a lot of like my my brown trout size stuff that three and a half to four and a half inches for up there is really good for for steelhead too and i catch a lot more of my steelhead i catch on that smaller stuff 
Um, Kings, I'll go a lot bigger, but the, those steelhead, they won't go near it. Brown trout will eat big stuff down in that migratory water, but they won't go near that big giant stuff upriver either. So I have a tendency, especially with how low things are, you know, and a lot of that, I don't know, you know, whatever. It just hasn't rained in like a year here, it seems like. We're down big time in rain, haven't had the snowfall, haven't really even had that good of ice, believe it or not, guys. Um, so there is something to whatever is going on in the universe at a particular moment where my flies are increasingly not as giant as they used to be. And I always say that, you know, when when everybody, let's say COVID happened, right, and, and all the stimulated boat owners showed up. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like that. With, with all the stimulated boat owners on our little trout river here, which are, you know, sit down there with the tip of the rod and I can cast the fly line across the, the river with it, right? So it's not a giant waterway. And you get everybody running some particular super whistle interweb hair ball with cheese and shanks and bacon on it okay so you get a hundred of those stimulated boat owners running the cheese and bacon shank fly and they don't eat it anymore not only do they not eat it the first guy who shot an arrow over makes that thing impossible to catch and since everybody's fishing the same 40 trout in the same river because everybody wants the big giant ground trout, they no longer eat that cheese bacon shank fly. So, you, you know, the flies get smaller and you get trickier and you try to go during weird times of the day when people aren't apparent, you know, people aren't around. And that's what I found, you know, that's more important than almost anything now is trying to go a little more subtle using different lines as a tool, changing the weight on flies. That's another thing that I'm really, really big into, especially, you know, being a fly tire is you can take, you can tie the same exact fly four or five different weight systems and it's going to behave differently. And you can take that same fly and you could run it with three different lines and it's going to behave differently. So everybody that's floating down this, five mile stretch of river knows old big mo right there by grandpappy's log you know it's going to get cast to it a lot so the last thing i'm going to run is a cheese bacon whatever super whistle caster fly <laughs> you know on the interweb or i'm not going to go and grab that bin that's overflowing with super whistle flies that are everybody has so you know that's where the you know i always say at every place that i've gone and done fly tying demos at it's really like your last advantage as a fly angler these days you know i tell people that all the time if all customers suck at casting and all guides suck at rowing then the only thing you have is a fly and to have the same fly that the other 10 guys that suck at rowing have doesn't do you any good so it's it's Real, real important stuff to be able to tie a fly and to be able to adapt your fly for different purposes. Because, um, yes, you can tie the same fly three or four different ways and have it behave totally different in hundreds of miles of different water. Um, so it's it's 
most of them are small and natural now. I'm, I'm going a lot smaller than I ever, than I used to for sure. But the pressure is there. So, you know, myself, I'm finding myself going smaller. Do you notice your uh, retrieve speed, you know, has anything to do with, you know, that kind of changing that you might be doing? Right. And actually, the funny thing is, the more these fish get fished to, the more terrified they become of motion. Another thing I learned, you know, everybody wants to rip that fly in and burn that thing across those wood heaps and all that up. Don't do anything. Let the fish find it. Let that thing be forced by the current. Plan your cast. For goodness gracious, don't cast at the log. It's not doing you any good. You got to cast three feet above it and make the thing go into the box. Don't move it. So, yeah, I mean, they do have pattern recognition, and, and fish do see stuff over and over and over again. And some rivers in certain times of year and they're terrified of motion. So, you know, you're really, I think it's more of like, I'm doing a lot less movement than I ever have in the past. That's all. That's solid advice. Yeah, that really is. I mean, I, you know, after, because it, it, that's what it is. It's small micro environment of people fishing the same things over and over again. And it's little things like, hey, I'm going to use a type three line. I'm going to use something that's not going to sink as much. I'm going to use a little bit lighter fly, but I'm going to make half the casts that a, a, a normal streamer dreamer would make. I'm going to plan my cast. I'm going to plan. I'm going to make half of the cast, but they're going to be twice as good. My fly is going to come in twice as natural because I'm not running a deep water express and moist gravel. Um you know, so it's, there, there's a lot of advantages that, that you have. Um, I'll say it again. I'll reiterate it. There's the lines are big. I mean, lines are huge now. It's not just about the fly design. You can incorporate a line to, to a fly and make really increase your success. Yeah. You couldn't see it, but four heads were nodding with you right there about how important the line is to change the same fly over and over and, and right. Right. It, it, it makes it, such a difference. Oh, absolutely. It, you know, back when Kelly and I, started, you know, when Kelly, when I worked for Kelly, right. We had like a teeny 300 and I'm like, Oh man, we're trying to fish moist dirt up here. But like, that's what we had, you know, you know, then he had the, the, the 60 foot line. Oh, that was the start. And then we ran the floating fly with the sinking, all sinking line. Now it's gone even step further where there's portions of the line sink, portions float. You know, now you can really dial in your approach for, you know, I could say that I have five or six of the same reel with different lines on it based on the miles of river that I'm fishing. So yeah. it's, so it's, you're, I was going to say, are you a guy that'll constantly change flies? Are you, are, you know, changing rods, changing flies? consistently throughout the float or is it you know just fish this fly keep it in the water as much as possible so you have the highest chances well here you know i mean i'll tell this to a lot of anybody ever you know like a beginner streamer fisherman or guys that have you know streamer fish forever um this is sound sound advice because you know when it comes to the changing of the fly thing and you'll hear you know a lot of different things about it i have a particular theory on it um, you know, guys will say you, you can always run opposite ends of the spectrum. You can run black, you can run white, and you'll probably, if you have those two flies 
you'll probably catch something in the course of a day. I have a tendency to lean more toward, I'm going to try to match the bottom. Um, I'm going to, if it's a, if it's a river that has a lot of sand in it, I might be leaning toward a tan fly. If it's something that has a little more tannic to it, I might add a little bit of copper in there. Um, if it's super clear, I'm going to be on the olive train, you know? So I have a tendency to like play the river bottom more than like just spectrums and bright bay, bright fly, this or that. And that all can work. There's always going to be that one day where you'd be able to throw a tennis ball, antifree supremacy, <laughs> high water in the spring and decimate, you know, but as day in day out, I'm going match the bottom. I'm trying to do the best I can at planning my streamers around what biomass may be present. That's pretty important. Dry fly dudes do it all the time, right? So if like a particular river is 50 something degrees and the chestnut lampreys seem to be spawning, well, I probably might want to consider having something like that on. Um, if it's sculpin spawning season and oh man, and I don't have that olive with a little bit of orange for the egg sets, you know, I might be in trouble. You know, so that another thing is, you know, know your river, know what's hatching, know what's around, pay attention to those water temperatures. I've said it like multiple times in this thing here when it comes to these streamer things, it, you know, and I know musky guys pay a lot more attention to stuff like that than, than us trout idiots, right? But like the moons, the times of year, the temperatures of the river, all that makes a difference. But if I'm going to have one fly to go somewhere, I'm going to look at that river bottom and I'm going to put that fly in that water and I'm going to go, yep, matches that bottom. I'm good. And if you're moving a fish, any fish, if you're in a brown trout area and you see a rainbow trout come up and swipe your fly, those fish are used to seeing whatever you have on. So I'd probably leave it on. Stay in the pocket. Be like Elway. Stand there. You know, you got to keep that fly on at some point. You can't be musical flying it. But then again, if you're tying a bunch of flies, they better get wet because that's the only reason to tie a fly. <laughs> Amen. Mm -hmm. Hey, I heard your football analogy. I have to ask you the most important question of 2023. Are you, are you a football fan, right? Oh, I watched the foosball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is your take on uh, Taylor Swift elevating the career of Travis Kelsey? <laughs> oh, I think that's it. <laughs> She's I'm just gonna working. get my, uh, a bracelet too. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm, you know what? The next time I'm gonna wear my bracelet thing, and I actually got one from from one of my boys who builds some poles down there in the Pennsylvania. Mark Cavecco, Slow Roll Rad Company. His daughter built a little bracelet I, for for Brooke and I, and they're like, you know the slow roll rod thing on there, but I'm going to wear it next time just for Taylor Swift. Little shout out. It should be on. I, I'm going to the jets game. Hurry. We're watching it yeah, right now in the background yeah, and the yeah. podcast. And that's why oh, I bring yeah. it up is we're watching it right now in the background. The and there have been more, there have been more cuts to Taylor Swift than there have any other NFL player. She's just working on her next album, bro. <laughs> She's going to have a breakup story. Yeah. Jets Stadium. Oh, uh -huh. that's great. She doesn't have a blimp yet. Oh, just drop bracelets out of it. <laughs> no applause. Oh, just throw great. money. Just drop. Just start <laughs> dropping them. Yeah, just drop them over the whole stand. I that's like it.
I hope she does this, and I think it's, you know, it, it's going to be good for the foosball to have a bunch of people out there watching it that would probably never watch it, so. That's right, and maybe the maybe the uh, U.S. Navy Blue Angels can figure out something with their contrails where they just drop out some Taylor Swift bracelets. There you go. That's right. When they do a flyover. Not the Goodyear blimp anymore. It's the T Swift blimp. <laughs> the T Swift blimp. <laughs> Swifty so, air. All right, all right, she might be rich enough. We're we're gonna get back to some fishing talk. Uh, <laughs> I I love where he's going. I, I'm a sports fanatic. Um, but. So there's got to be a dynamic because you seem like you're a tough guy when you're in the boat. You seem like you want the people that are with you to piss excellence. And uh, how does that go when you're fishing with Brooke? I mean, can you be stern or do you have to be a little nicer and easier and like kind of, you know, or is it still just well, sharpening the finger? There were many, many days that we were sponsored by Kleenex. Yes. Few years. years. Oh, got her in the background. That's awesome. But, but we're finally to the point where they dropped us off the sponsorship. We've lost the sponsorship to Kleenex. Yeah, it's it's tough. Like I I tried yeah. to get my wife into fly fishing, and I tried to help her, uh, and that lasted like eight minutes. And I was like, you know what? One of my one of my better friends is a guide. I'm gonna have him teach her. And I'm going to oh, stay yeah. as far away from this as I can. It, it might have been an easier road, but actually, Brooke a lot longer than than before she met me. She oh, missed awesome. a few too, but I just roughed her up. She she did she did the Schultz and did the bass stuff a lot down there, and with Eric too. And so she does have she has some some hours cast, and we definitely got her motivated, but. And got her on some different programs up here, and she's actually become pretty pretty darn good. But it wasn't without pain and suffering, that's for sure. Sounds like you've got yourself a winner. Yeah, she's awesome. She even fished with Willen out of the front for a few days there, so she made it. That actually really helped her casting, so kudos. Awesome. Caught a pretty sweet fish the other day, uh, that brook trout. Uh, On on a streamer, I'd take it? Yep. Yeah, she uh, she actually got some really really nice brown trout too, but I was I was like trying to wait to put them up, but I'll probably put them up soon. She actually got some really nice uh, brown trout that day too, so awesome. I was I was waiting. I was trying to throw people off with timing. So well, I've, I've, <laughs> yes, it's always a good thing to do. Wait a day or two. I've really only got one more question for you, and that involves your water vessel of choice. Now you said you're rowing. Uh, what are you rowing? And if and if money were no object, what would your boat be? Well, I have a boat that I really love. I have multiple clack of grass. Um, I really think they're a good performance fly fishing craft for rowing. Um, and Which I'm used to, I have a 16 footer and I have a 15 that I had redone because I just I liked it so much. Um, so I have a 15 and a 16. Is that and the- is the 15 the headhunter too? No, it's before the headhunter. Oh, wow. But it's got a little, it's like the, the smaller high, smaller low side. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's actually like I refused to, I wanted another one of those, and they, they kind of said, well, we can pull the mold out and, you know, back and build one for you, but we're going to like charge you an arm and a leg. So I'm like, oh, I'll just have it like completely redone. So I did that, and I have a 16 also, 16 and a half, whatever it is. And I have multiple rafts, too. I have a couple of Smith flies. 
Uh, I have a two-person one. I have the little souls and the big souls. So I just kind of take my craft of choice and I'll go from like, you know, point ground zero on the Manistee all the way down to Lake Michigan, you know, basically. Um, I got rid of my jet boats because they don't row that good. <laughs> no. you know, then once I just started doing the streamer thing, I just have a need for it because I don't swing and I don't, you know, bottom bounce and I don't indicator fish and I don't, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't, all I do is streamer fish. So, you know, I just didn't need that. I didn't need to race down to a spot because every place in the river is a spot, you know? So, you know, I spent years doing that stuff and just kind of would rather just do the streamer bit. And I know where I'm at. I, I like the dry fly thing too. I like putting that raft in and going way up river and, you know, fishing on the moist dirt and floating around a little bit at night and doing that thing. Um, been doing it for a long time now. So, but that's it. That's if I had my choice, I actually have the boats that I really, really like. That 50 footer, if Clack is listening somewhere out there, build one, build and build it again. Bring it again. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. Um, <clears throat> I, I have a Smith fly as well. And I, I, there's something about the, you know, I love having three guys in the boat, you know, one guy rowing other guys casting, you know, you can heckle a little bit, you know, the right. front guy's always getting heckled because he's the person everybody can see, you know, the guy in right. the back can get away with a little bit, but you know, I uh -huh. just, I love that, the feel, you know, the guy in the back of the boat's always supposed to crack jokes and, you know, say something funny, you know, keep it loose. Uh, I, I like that a lot. That's my favorite way to fish as well. Yeah, no, I like drifting down and casting. I like the, the whole deal. I like the way that I can put those clackas in other rivers that I wasn't fishing before, you know, and I like how small that, that little shoals is. So I can just like totally put it in dirt. Yeah. You can, you can put it in a drainage Creek. Right. Yeah, oh yeah. Right. I think it's really opened up a lot of water and, you know, I always tell Brooke that I hate people. So it's better that I'm like way up somewhere where no one is at try to be there first and put down in some random access somewhere, which just closed now. So all the stuff is closed, but there's still plenty of water open now. So uh, before we get you out of here, um, what upcoming events do you have like this winter when season wraps up? I know you got a few events. One was with Schultz uh, with, there's just a list of great tires there as well. Um, you know, List us a couple things you'll be doing this winter. People might be able to get to see yet. Well, I'm definitely going to be down at the Schultz. I think it's like February, second week of February, bobbing first week of February, bobbing in the hood. Um, and be at the Northern Angler probably. I'll, or I'll do something online, whether it's, you know, in person or online. It's my local shop up here um, in Traverse City. So I'll do something with them and, I have a lot of new flies out at MFC too. Um, a lot of my patterns are available now through MFC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you have a second, list some of your patterns for our listeners who, who well, might not the ones know. that I, I, I'm not going to go jumping ahead, but I know that I have a lot of original, like kind of a, the grassroots original circus peanuts. They also have a different pattern that I've never put out before. 
um, called like the supernatural peanut. Um, there's a few dry flies that I put out, which I, it's pretty rare for me because I usually don't do that or I wouldn't have done that in the past, but I did it. Uh, let a few dry flies out. The Oogie Boogie is out there and the baby is out there that they're doing and a few other patterns as well, but I'll kind of let those trickle on in because I don't know for sure when they'll be available, but there are some available. Nice. And I'll tell you that circus peanut is my go-to smallmouth fly. It's a, it's a very good bass fly. And a lot of these flies that I tie actually are real transitional. Both. They do both pretty well. You know, I, I like fishing smallmouth and I like fishing trout and, you know, it tends to work for both. So, yeah, well, we, we truly appreciate your contribution to the sport. Uh, you know, the, the flies you've uh, invented, perfected, uh, brought to the market for the masses to use. You didn't hoard them. So thanks for that. <laughs> well, <I> appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's it's something to worth sharing. And, you know, it's different because there's a lot of fly tying out there that goes on and not a lot of real you know, grassroots behind the fly tying all the time. And, you know, when you work for Kelly, you kind of have to be that grassroots. You better be doing it. You better be a fly tire, not a fly liar, you know? <laughs> yeah, Kelly's, I like it. Kelly will stab you with a beer bottle if you weren't, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. We believe so, it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, that's, that's a lot of my flies are guide flies. You know, that's what they are. And put, spend a lot of a lot of time catching fish on them. A lot of customers have caught great fish on them, and a lot of people all over the world have. So that's that's pretty cool. So, it's always good to get the response back from guys. So if people want to book a trip with you. Uh, where do they go to book a trip? Well, they should book a nice guide first. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, they can find me on the Instagram. Um, it's kind of uh, Russ Madden 76. I'm on there. Um, and Russ Madden. And they'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give them some rigamajig and I'll try to convince them don't ever go because you're not going to catch anything. But the bottom line is I will take them, although I think they should book a nicer guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you. And uh, thank you, Brooke. For the for the commentary from the back, that was awesome. That was absolutely. <laughs> He's laughing. Uh, good. But yeah, yeah. Thank you guys, man. That was awesome. It's always awesome. a good time having you on, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be in touch. Right on, man. Thanks. Thanks a lot. That was awesome, and the little talk we had afterwards. Yeah, Brooke. Brooke, Brooke was, we love you. Was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, absolutely. I enjoyed that just as much as the. Talk Brooke is with, going to be a future guest on the show. I think. Sure. I think we're going to have to work that out. Absolutely, she, she's fantastic. Yes, uh, I love the her, her side of the you know perspective of how Russ is with somebody in the boat. You know, he explained his side of it, but yeah, what she said, we'll have to get that on the air here real soon. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, so we can get this thing wrapped up. Uh, I did a little wiper fishing yesterday. Ron said he hadn't been out of the house in a while. Had been, um, you know, he, he, you know how you can get a little annoyed with things that you might otherwise not have got annoyed with if you had had maybe a, a decent day out, just a few hours out on the water where you can just really get that reset. Mm -hmm. That's what he needed. So he, he texted me and said, hey, let's go out wiper fishing. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm sure. Why not? I'm into that. Yeah, I, I like that. That's fun. 
Um, we went, there's just no water right now. So <laughs> I don't think the bigger fish have even the room or feel very, they're not going to be there right now because they feel pressured. They, you'll see them. It's so low. You know what I mean? They can really hunker down probably, but I mean, still, I just don't think they feel very safe in that situation right now. So, you know, we were still fishing along and, but, and I was throwing a decent size fly, probably four inch fly, three and a half inch, four inch fly, leggy boy, uh, but with some lead eyes up top on a, on a bench shank. Uh, it's worked really well for me. And I was catching some small hybrids. We caught a, like 10, 12 smaller hybrids that were all, I don't know, probably 15 inches. And uh, they had an elongated body, not, not the, um, let's say like pan shaped body. So I think they were hybrids. I hope they were for the sake of the future of the hybrids in that area. It'd be great if there were that many around, you know, and you could see them. I scare the bait off the bank and they would shoot out into the water. And all of a sudden you just see a blitz of them just blah, 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 blah. You'd Sweet. see splashes everywhere. I, I was casting to them. They just weren't having it. But, uh, you know, it was still, it was a fun day. Uh, he caught a carp. Uh, he was throwing a smaller fly and he was catching a lot of them too on a, Inch and a half fly. Wow. You know, real small fly. He's more of a trouty guy. Uh, Cast way better than his son, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he sure was. I was like, man, you're throwing loops, man. Y'all have to get you out on the boat. Have to teach your son how to cast off the boat next time. Tell him, tell him give him some lessons. Who's his son? Devin. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I got to throw some shade <laughs> at Devin. Uh, I just wanted it on the air. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a good time out there. Like I said, we were catching fish. Uh, but he hooked awesome. the carp. The carp was peeling, you know. It was decent sized carp, probably five pound carp. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was still. He was. It was getting. He was getting dogged for a second. He was like, I think it's catfish. And I was like, it probably is the way it's fighting. And uh, nope. And I saw it. I'm like, no, it's carp. So Sweet. it was cool though. Yeah, it was fun. At least he got one good tug. Uh, and I wasn't. I wasn't mad at pulling little fish in. I wish. I wish I would have taken a five weight. But. You never know, you know, that'd be the time you hooked that one, you know, 10 pounder and he right. snaps your five weight in half or whatever happens. And I don't know. I just. Or you kill it because yeah. you fought it too long. Yeah. Having a yeah. seven weight. I like the wolf rods. They're a little stiffer. You know, I could really put the corks to them and pull yeah. them in quick. So especially in this time of year yeah, where there I'm is no water and there isn't much oxygenation. Ooh, nailed it. <laughs> In the water. So I, I've seen, I have, we, Jason and I had one experience where one did die. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it was just a mis, you know, misfortunate I, thing. I'm always one for rotting up. Like my dad fishes on the Cape of nine weight and he gives me crap for fishing a 10 weight. I'm like, look, I'm not trying to kill these fish. Right? Like A, I don't want to fight the wind. B, uh, I can launch this 10 weight. C, if I catch a good size fish, I can bring it in and release it. So like I'm always one for even when we go redfish fish, wherever we go, I'm, I usually rod up because the difference between a seven and an eight isn't going to give you a heck of a much different fight, but it is going to save you 30 seconds to a minute of not killing that fish, flooding it with lactic acid or whatever. Not only uh, that, if you, I mean, if you do hook into a lot, you know, a, a trophy sized fish, it's nice knowing that you're rotted up. I mean, you get a yeah. little bit more confidence fighting that fish as well. Yeah. And I'm, I, Mark, Mark's seen it. I think you guys might have seen it. I put the wood to fish. When I hook oh, yeah. a fish, I am bringing that thing 
in. The only one, the only person I know that might be a little more heavy-handed than me is Damien. Uh, Damien fights a fish like that fish is coming in on now. <laughs> the, only, the only thing about the hybrids, you can't, there really isn't the, you can once you get them to the real, mm-hmm. but there's no playing tug of war. Mm-mm. You're not playing tug of war with this fish. That fish is going to go, and then you're going to get it to the reel, and then that's when you can really put put some side pressure to it and really start yep. to work a fish, you know, as much as you can. If it, And musky are totally different. Musky, you can, you know, it is a tug of war. You're trying to gain line as much as they'll give you the line to gain, and, and right. you're pulling that fish, and it's different, a little different. But for those, it's, you know... Hold them, and then you can really start to put the put the corks to them. You know, put the yeah. put get down into the butt of that you know rod, and really put the side pressure on them. And I didn't always believe in the side pressure thing as much, but it does work. Yeah, and my, it, it it'll it'll cut a fight down a little bit. My little brother is a let them run, let them fight kind of guy, and I'm like, dude, put the wood to him, crank that drag down, and get that fish in because it's gonna die, and there's no reason for it to die. I think that comes with. I mean, even like with me. When when you when you haven't caught you know so many yeah because there's so much it, pressure right well you take it easier on them because you want to make sure you get it in you know make sure you you don't want to break the, break it off or have that chance but you know once you've caught so many you're like all right all right let's put the corks in let's try to you know get them in a little bit more yep. certain species though like those salmon like we were talking about earlier tonight like a king salmon. You can't put the screws to them. They will clean. They will take yeah. you for oh, a absolutely. run, and they will blow your line right off. Like and you it, know when you can. Yeah. Right? Well, you like, got right to that point, right? So depends on species sometimes, though, putting the corks to them, though. Well, and the good thing about a king salmon is that fish is already dead. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. But dying. But they, but they, dying. But, it, like, he was saying, it's it's there. It's there. You know, they're the one they tell you when. Yeah, absolutely. But. And you know, so, you know, based on your setup and, you know, your first fish every time is going to be a little gingerly, right? You're going to be like, how do I fight yeah. this? How's this going to work? Well, that's the other thing with the king for me. I'm running eight, 10 pound tests too. Ooh. So at the same time, when, you, when you're bringing them in, you can't say, come here, you no. know? So yeah. you, you got to give them a little bit of run, a little bit of play to be able to tire them out. Yeah. Or when you're running like 20. 3X fluorocarbon on the Erie trips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going for a quarter mile jog. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You just need to yes. accept hey, Sean, that. I guess I'm running down. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Sorry, everybody. It's like 7,000 people <laughs> yeah. you're running past. Come I've done it. To, Come land a, to land a four pound fish. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, I'm looking forward to getting out with those guys again. Um, something else I want to talk about, I don't have written down here, but I did remember, hey, uh, this month is our first tying night. Uh, it's at the end of the month. So oh, yeah, that's right. I think it's, uh, I will get the date next week, but I just wanted to keep in everybody said, that's the next time we'll see Ron. Me and him talked about I it. I think he's coming up to the tying nights. and Friday of October? I wanna, yeah, I want to say I, it's like the 27th. I thought it was, I thought it was I, yeah, it's the 25th, I think. Is it 25th? No, 27th. You're probably right. 27th. 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 Okay, October 27th. That'll be our first tying night. Uh, you know, Mark will be there. We'll all be there. It, it's it, That's always a good time. It's always good. Um, even if you're not tying, it's just a bunch of fishy guys that are all talking fishing. It's, it's a bunch of great talk as well. Yeah, I tie um, half a fly a night. Yeah, I, I, I might bust <laughs> out. He's got to tie nights. a clouser. I, just tie I, one clouser and then move on with life. Or just be Andrew and have a dozen uh, rabbit zonkers coming out of there. Yeah. The the <laughs> Here's a leech. You're welcome. <laughs> Here's another one. Here's another one. I owe you a couple game changers. I'll probably uh, tie yeah. those there. And that's probably the only two flies I'll, I'll tie. I'm, I'm more of a 
drink, hang out, and let my cousin drive me kind of guy. That's yeah. a, that seems to be my kind of style. I just love meeting up with everybody and just catching up and seeing what everybody's up to. I yeah, mean, the tie awesome. and the flies is just a, it's a bonus. And that's really watch the Mark only if they really want to learn. And that's the only time I get to see Michael. Like we'll do one or two floats a year. Yeah. But I really like that dude. And, oh, yeah. And we only see each other really at tying nights unless we can get out fishing, which is pretty rare. I'm so happy Michael was with me whenever I stuck my big fish at the beginning of the year. I'm so happy Michael was there because we've talked about it like every time we was like, Michael, this is going to be special, buddy. And I hooked a, a really big pike, the first float that I had with him, and then hooking into that big, big ski. Yeah. That was I, a great trip. I was with Michael for his first ski. Uh, we were fishing on the front of the boat and I said, you know what? I am done with this hell because it was windy and it was snowing. And it was cold. <laughs> and I, and I had been on the front for a while and I, and I just handed him my outfit. I'm like, I need a five minute break. Just take this, use it. My fly, my rod, re- everything. He makes two casts. Whammy hooks into hooks into his first muskie, which was awesome. And then like 20 minutes later, I hooked into one. So it was, it was a good day. But he, he might be good luck. I was just going to say, is. he might be the good luck charm. He might be good luck. So, Michael, uh, I know we can only have uh, three fishermen to a team in the beast, but if you want to, like, just hang <laughs> out in the boat. No. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> just come be the hype man. <laughs> Derek's calling dibs on Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> we'll have you out there in a boat right by us just being the hype guy. <laughs> we'll feed you, Michael. Come on. <laughs> oh, like we won't? Oh, That's a good point. Uh, that's funny. But so hey, speaking got, of that, speaking of and beast, then that's going to... Good segue, buddy. Yeah. This is the last time we're going to talk about it. Absolutely. It's coming it's, up fast. I have. I was telling you guys earlier tonight, I have uh, all my lines cleaned. My reels are cleaned and lubed and ready, and all my rods are in the rod socks. I've got stuff on the dining room table staged like my par- my non-perishable s- snacks. So all my beef jerky, all my meat sticks. I've got two big things of pistachios for sitting around the fire. I've got... Uh, I'm bringing a thing of buckwheat pancake mix. I know you've got breakfast handled, but I just got uh, a big bag, a 40-ounce bag of buckwheat pancake mix. Well, I still, I still got to go pick up pancake mix. You just want to roll with that then? Yeah, we'll just... We'll do, we can do that. Yeah, we'll just eat buckwheat you pancakes. You got the syrup too? I'm bringing syrup. You better. And it's about the end of my supply because we didn't do it last year because my, my partner that we do it with was uh, running for judge. Uh, he didn't win, so uh, we're going to be making syrup again this year. <laughs> but, yeah, I am. I could not be more jazzed. I can't get up there till Thursday because – and, Dixon, if you're listening, please do everything you can to not have this weekend happen over Apple Fest. It's killing me. Uh, I'm, I'm on the Apple Fest committee – I help run Apple Fest. This will be the second year in a row. I have to do setup on Wednesday to help get the festival ready. Uh, I want to go up Wednesday. I want to go hang out. So if we can move this tournament to like the second full weekend of October, that would change my life significantly for the better. Amen. Uh, you can also just say no. I get that. But uh, <laughs> I'd, re- I'd really like it if you didn't. I'll vote yes for that myself. Columbus Day weekend's always the salmon fishing trip. Usually try to keep it around because they get three-day weekends, so I don't have to take them out of school. Yeah. So yeah, if it was a week later this year, I wouldn't have to go to Disney World. 
I mean, you'd got two. I mean, actually, yeah. no, we would have probably. And we might. We I might, probably wouldn't be doing it. We might have some water. We might have some cooler weather later. You never know. Come on, Jay. We're excited about the, the bass the, photos coming up. The other thing is now that Treelands is going to be the we're last. Be in a thong bikini, <laughs> catching bass on a on a glitter boat. Now that now that Treelands is the last weekend of September. People are apprehensive of doing tree lens one weekend and the beast the next weekend. If we can have tree lens a week off and then the beast, I think we'd see more, more teams doing both events. Well, we should have brought this up when he was on. Yeah. Well, in, in the, I'm going to bring it up when I see him. Uh, well, there the other, you go. The other thing is, if we want to have more teams, I'm interested in expanding the waters. To give myself an unfair advantage. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> I know where this math was heading. <laughs> of my local waters. Uh. Now, it's still within the, the watershed, but uh, I'd, I'd like to have an unfair advantage. That's next really all there next is Next to 10 that. miles. At least you're, <laughs> you're, yeah. least you're honest. Uh-huh. Yeah, why lie about it? Why, why, why make the subterfuge be like, hey, can you include these bodies of water for absolutely no reason whatsoever? No, I'm going to say that because those are the bodies of water I fish. Justification. But it's... I don't it's, blame you. It's going to be awesome. Yes, hey, I can't did wait. did you get confirmation for the second? No. Oh. That's what I said. If anybody has any way that they can make their stay any easier, do so if you can. Do you need me to bring a tent? No. For I have four people. I have a. I have one for myself. And another person. I mean, that or you know, I've got three or four. Because I, 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 so I, I don't mind. And the caught, I caught as long as I'm dry. Cool. It's it's fine with me. We don't have anybody flying in, right? No. Do you no. have? The only thing that might be nice is I don't know if anybody has one of those big white pavilion-y type of tents you could set up. I wish I did. That would be a very convenient thing to have. I used to have one, and then a tornado took it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it did it, yeah. I have a smaller I, canopy. I still have no idea where it is. <laughs> but it's, we had them high windstorms. Same thing. I had a trampoline do the same thing. Well, I took it to Illinois. Oh, wow. And where they have very frequent tornadoes. Sure. And luckily for me, I was there for one of them. No. Nah, oh, there you go. <laughs> gone. <laughs> Goodbye. She gone. Goodbye, waterproof gazebo tent thinger. Yeah. Those I are, have, those are I nice. have a gazebo. Uh, well, it's it, not a big one though. I don't have one of the big white ones like you're talking about. Well, it I doesn't have to be that big. It just can be just for the table enough. for food. Yeah, yeah for yeah, underneath yeah. the food. If yeah, we, I, if I, I got you. I got stuff. you. I got you. Yeah, if it can yeah. cover the flat top and I got you. Uh, the it's not calling for rain, but it doesn't mean it's not do going need, to rain. Do we need any tables? I got one. I got folding. I got two folding tables. I'm bringing. I'm bringing my flat top. I'm bringing the burner. I'm bringing the spatulas and grease and everything for the burner and. I found I found your spoon from last year in one of my boxes. Oh, my perfect! Boat. I was wondering where it went. Yeah, that's it's funny. In my yeah. box, my boat. Three mi- three months after the beast, I found. Uh, are we recording? Yes, we're recording. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to be able to look at the time and right on and just you know kind of keep us in track here. I found I found Mark's cooker in, <laughs> in my live well. <laughs> nice. Three months after the beast. Yes. <laughs> well, he messaged me. He goes, "Hey, he goes, hey, you don't have this, do you?" And I was like, "No, I don't have it." And he goes, "I can't find it anywhere." I was like, "Dude, I bet you Sims has it." And then. I'm sure that's whenever he messaged you and found out you had it. Well, um, what was crazy is right before we were leaving, like he and I left at the same time, he did a once over on my boat to make sure he didn't forget anything. Right. So I went, okay, there's nothing of marks in my boat. 
So he texts me and he's like, hey, do you have my cooker? I'm like, no, you checked my boat. <laughs> I'm like, but let me go check. So I took the cover off and did all that and boom, there it is. Sitting <laughs> sitting in my rear live well. I'm like, hey, look at this. I took a picture of it. I'm like, didn't you, weren't you the last one to look through my boat? He goes, yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so canopy. I'm a, I got my own tent. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming with my my setup, so... So, but if anybody needs a tent or something, they don't want to drag it, reach me out on, on Instagram or something. I've got plenty of tents and crap for everybody. Yeah, I've got one of those Gazelle T4 tents. Like it goes up in two minutes. They're fast. They're awesome. If you need a tent, I'll, I'll bring it for you. Yep. Uh, if I you have don't, two I or won't. three cots that I'm going to be taking up as well. I have, so if you have a cot... I have three you know, cots. Do you, cot do might, you, you might when you might want to bring the cots. The cots I don't would need be them, nice but for if somebody wants them. Yeah, sure. People would... It, right. It'd probably be cool if people could throw I got, cots up. I got... Stackable bunk cots. Oh, that's that's dude, yeah. that's where it's at. That's what we're doing then. <laughs> for my kids. Yeah. So, oh, we're yeah. doing stackable Somebody bunk cots. Almost nuts the butts on that one. There you go. The whole so, cabin, <laughs> the whole cabin living room is just. So what are you guys? You guys are the fly pirates. I see where so, this is going. So uh-huh. Pat on top, <laughs> Jimmy on bottom bunk. <laughs> we're gonna go the opposite way it should be. Yeah, <laughs> we'll leave Derek right in the middle. I think I'm gonna sleep. I'm on outside on my own. Boys. D- Derek's gonna sleep in a hammock. Dude, that's right. <laughs> in a, in a way off store. in the far corner. But it's a pretty sweet hammock, <laughs> yes, isn't it? it? Is. Yes, it is. I'm excited to hear the CPAP chorus. Throughout <laughs> <the> <laughs> <night>. <laughs> Every, you're gonna hey. have a bunch of fighter pilots out there. <laughs> I'm bringing my own instrument. It's it's all right. <laughs> the chorus. <laughs> the CPAP chorus. That is the funniest thing. <laughs> I can, you know what? I with white noise, I sleep the best anyway. So, for me, it's like bring it on. As I'll long be, as you're not snoring, I don't give a. F- I'll listen to your thing. fucking machine go for the, hours. The CPAP is the best for snoring, right? Like, sure, I stop breathing twenty times an hour, uh, <laughs> so I wear a CPAP, but like I don't snore at all anymore. I don't move in my sleep since I've started wearing that, and it's been like eight years. Mm. It's that dude's good. It's awesome. It's so if if you're on the fence about a CPAP, uh, just get it. You I mean, gotta qualify. I no, went through two tests. I only wake up twelve times a night, which wasn't enough to qualify. Go buy one. Bullshit. On, go buy one huh? on CPAP.com. Can you just buy them outright? Yeah, you can buy them outright. Mm-hmm. That's I might have to do that. My last one, it was gonna cost me like two thousand dollars in copays. I bought it for eight hundred dollars on CPAP.com. Uh, if you're listening, we would love a sponsorship. Yeah, I was just gonna say, <laughs> friends of the podcast. We have a we have a lot of friends. <laughs> friends of the podcast. Friends of the show. CPAP.com. You know, the guy. Forget uh, weight loss. CPAP.com. The, the, the reason Chad, who was the, one of the hosts of this podcast, got his CPAP, we were on a fishing trip together, and you can go back and listen to this when it was Niagara, co- right yeah, before COVID. Yeah, I remember year. that. Yeah, he literally. PJ, it was PJ, him and I all staying in a hotel room together, and PJ's like, is he supposed to stop breathing when he's sleeping? I'm like, yeah, that's when his wife falls asleep. <laughs> and PJ, PJ looks at me like, I, I've said the worst thing I could ever say in my life. You know, I, meanwhile, I'm hysterically laughing. Chad's passed out, stopped breathing, and PJ's over here, you know, in panic mode. Is he dead? Is he dead? <laughs> no, just go poke him a little bit. He'll start breathing again. So then word gets back to his wife and he gets a CPAP machine and he said he's never slept better and it's, Honest to it's, God. it's one of the greatest things he's ever done. And it really is. And is it, it a pain in the ass? If it's going to save your yes. life, go for it. 
and and again, I, I I hate snoring. I can't sleep to snoring, but I can sleep to a CPAP machine. Yeah, and and I mean, you can spend an extra fifty bucks and get one of those that'll like so whisper well, Rick, quiet. Rick or got one of those too, or Rick? I don't know. Huh? There's enough big guys. I, I tell you, I was gonna say there's a, there's enough of us over the uh, acceptable BMI <laughs> that I think. Uh, uh, CPAP should set up a tent. <laughs> <laughs> the CPAP wing. <laughs> you guys got you guys got extension cord ran across. The the whole, they got their own generator off to I'm the a, side. What I'm excited for is when they start putting gifts in the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a heated hose and a face mask brought to you by CPAP.com. <laughs> Chris throws over- all of his tickets in yeah, the CPAP. It's overflowing with tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Hell with that bump board. Uh, oh, that's, that's funny. Good. Shit. Oh, they just really they sh- just showed a really cool hat. Oh yeah. <laughs> that on there as as one of the giveaways. Not CPAP hat. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what a, I was thinking. A, you were a fishing about. a fishing hat that had a a cool patch, a musky patch on it. Oh nice. That they uh um I'm sorry. Uh one of them, I think it was on the actual. Uh, wow, I'm losing the beast everything. Page? Yeah, it's the beast page. Thank you, sir. Sheesh, I was I was wandering down a endless path there. Well, that'll be fun. So the beast of the east, six thirty p.m. Captain's meeting. Or yeah, 7:30? he said there's gonna be a keg there. Seven thirty or six thirty. So I will be there like a hummingbird to a feeder. I think We're it's both going. <laughs> yeah, I'm Roshan bowling over who's driving. <laughs> I um, know, I know. I think I've got that. I think I'm truck. riding with. I heard you. the last one. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm riding with you. I'm guys. bringing the truck some... this time. I'm not. I don't have the jeep. Uh, uh, Why well, not? Yeah, that's uh, right. You don't. Oh, I have the jeep. I could put the top back on if I had to. Oh, uh, you just. Don't we had a lot of fun in the jeep last year. I think I'm not we should, arguing, I think but I can get a lot more we, shit in the bed of my no, truck than I can in the back of that jeep. We're we're doing the same thing this year. After oh, right? Going, are we going bar hopping? I don't. I well, I mean, that's up to you. You're the boss. I'm not. I had a good time. There's no doubt. Oh boy, I'm gonna be in trouble tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Well, I, we'll have to figure I, this I out. We're gonna have said to figure I this out. I wasn't gonna go bar hopping. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. As long as there's gonna be, uh, as it's gonna suck because Bam won't be there and hit on geriatric women. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> so <was> you know, <laughs> when he was hitting on all those old ladies, that really made it for me for the night. You know, and uh, but hey, maybe we'll get one of the maybe we'll get somebody else to hit on some geriatric women, like uh, one of the guys from Bad. Portland. I don't know Look, if they're. Here's uh, the thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> I say this. There you go, Pat. That's perfect. Perfect. I say this with a staunch record of heterosexuality. Bam is a handsome man. He sure is. <laughs> no, he really was. So he could, you know, he might have the edge over, let's say, this room. <laughs> <laughs> and probably majority of the individuals living in that area. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we're going to truly miss Bam this year up at, up we, at the yes, Bam, fly we tournament. Will. We really, I'd love for the Musky Fool guys to come Amen. out next year. Bring Bam Dan, and Gabe yes. and Dan. Got to get here. That would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, so Beast coming up this weekend. You're going to hear about it from us in about three weeks because we're taking two weeks off. Yep, it'll be the 22nd. The 22nd. I think, or something of that nature. Yeah. And we're, there. we're excited to announce, uh, you know, I'll do it prematurely that the Urban Fly Cartel won. <laughs> do, you probably do, you, obviously, uh, three kids, you do a few <laughs> things prematurely. Uh, I do everything prematurely, <laughs> 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 And three kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no. T- uh, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> yeah, <I was> gonna <laughs> say, yeah. We've learned these lessons in life, haven't we? Eject! Eject! <laughs> Goose, pull the handle! Pull the handle! 
I just told somebody about that story and they loved it. Oh, good. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, that's all we got for tonight. Hey, thank for, thanks, Russ Madden, for coming on. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Brooke, for having a talk with us and convincing us that you're their next guest. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, again, Thank you guys for doing this podcast with me. I've had a great time with it. I've I hope you guys it, have. I'm, I'm looking forward to the beast so much. It's one of the things that I know we all look forward to more than anything in the year. Uh, that camaraderie up there with the guys. We're not, I mean, we fish hard and we really want to try to catch fish, but the time spent is what's truly important. And I know we all, we all have that same sentiment, I think. It's you know, worth- it's, a, it's a fun brotherhood of people that have been up there for going up there for now quite a while. And, the Buffalo boys were, I just thought they were awesome last year. And I thought that when they said they want to stay up there again, absolutely. You know, you guys were awesome. I've had so much fun up there with you guys. So can't wait to see my teammates. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I got confirmation. The uh, captain's meeting is at 730 at Bent Run Brewing Thursday night. There you go. Be there. Right on. You'll hear me yapping away. Come up and say hello. Yeah, you you will. Yeah, I, I love seeing all the guys. I, I got yeah. so many people that came up to me last year. Where the hell is the podcast? So this year at least people say, hey, we love the podcast. I hope that's what they say. Yeah, thanks or, for bringing is, it back. This is shit. And uh, <laughs> hey, you still listen, right? Yeah, I am equally prepared for both. <laughs> 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 so uh, Derek, who are we brought to you by tonight? Uh, <laughs> that's not fair. Seriously, <laughs> Jimmy. We are brought to you by Sims Fishing Yeti, built for the wild. We got A Rex hooks and Cortland lines. As always, friends of the show: Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods. Tom, thanks again for donating a rod to the beast. That's super awesome of you. We've got our buddies over at Muskie Fool. Again, congratulations on second place at Treelands. And as always, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. Excited to see you guys this upcoming weekend. Have a great week. And for all you Beast competitors, good luck next weekend.